even Hitler didn't wake up going, let me do the most evil thing I can today. I think he woke up in the morning and using a twisted backwards logic, he set out to do what he thought was good. Quote Will Smith. So I like it. Wow. Oh. Some real shit. Yes. Some real shit. So just let that marinate for a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, welcome to the IBHM podcast. I am your host, Arizona First. With me, my dude and co-host, So Papa. What's happening? What's happening? I'm black, he's Mexican, and now that we got that out of the way, welcome to our show. This is a podcast about nothing in particular. We got a lot of shit to talk before any and all that. If you want to call some articles, you want to hear our opinion on it, you disagree with something we said, email us, chime in at ibhmpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to our show on Stitcher, iTunes, Podomatic, and YouTube by searching I'm Black, He's Mexican. Like our Facebook fan page, tweet us, talk at our Tumblr by simply adding IBHM Podcast in an appropriate spot. If niggas is too lazy for that, head over to our website IBHMPodcast.com. Social media links there. Now, lastly, if you want to hit me up, my main source of social media fuckery is Tumblr. You can find me at the different state of black.tumblr.com. If you want to holler at my dude, Soul Papa, his main source of social media fucker is. Is also that Tumblr? SoulPapa.tumblr.com. S O U L P O.tumblr.com. Yes, sir. We have a special motherfucking guest in the building, the big homie, Kamani, and his main source of social media fucker he is. Kamani and we have Wolf Wilder dot com. Yes, dot com up today, and you get my Facebook from the dot com. We just dot com. We dot com. We dot com with this man. Oh, chilling. Y'all glad we can finally get you all. Hey, I love what y'all doing. That's what's up. I really appreciate that. I like how you bring these topics together. And bring them into a different genre that don't normally talk about this stuff. Hopefully they get live. Exactly. And that, that was a good portion of the idea of the show when we started branching out and doing the shit. It's like, these are conversations, unfortunately, a lot of minorities don't have. Like, this is some real shit that everybody need to wake up. We have people in the dominant majority that, you know, they talk about topics like these, but within the minorities, we don't really ever talk about this real shit, so... I mean, they, they tread and they tread lightly, which, I mean, you know, kind of all the, all the, the deeper, the thicker, the physical, you need. Yes, sir. And uh, we are brought to you today by Medical Marijuana and uh, Uncle Brain. Shout out to you Motherfucking, uh, got the black tea on deck, black tea green leaves, and we're coming soon. Black <laughs> Yes, sir. So, uh, real quick, to start the show off, I had a real interesting, um, experience the other day. I went to uh, the doctor. Like I said, I had uh, recently switched jobs, so I had to switch insurance, and so I've got to find a new primary care physician and all that. And um, like we talking about... What's up? Uh, I'm saying PCP. That's a little bit of... Just showing it up a little bit. That's the only thing I know. Yes, sir. But, uh, so fucking I had to, you know, get the new primary care and all that shit, and I just started smoking weed again about a week ago. Yo... I feel so fucking fantastic, man. How you feel? How you feel? Yes, loose, man. I'm just feeling good all up in the back, though. No, These joints got, got my joints going. 
you know, that's what I was talking about, man, because, uh, fucking, I was drinking a whole lot, man, just getting drunk all the damn time, and doctor got me on Xanax and some crazy fucking pills, I'm a little off in the so I was like, yo, I need to get off of all this bullshit and switch over to the natural or whatever. And so I got on the motherfucking metal marijuana tip and niggas feeling good, ain't got no anxiety. I'm just living. Ooh, I'm black hippie. Then you're Jamaican. <laughs> you got four jobs. You got four jobs. <laughs> but so uh, I went to the doctor, new doctor and all that. And so, uh, you know, you got to fill out all the little shit to begin with. And uh, it was asking on there if you do any recreational drugs. So I was like, I'm going to keep it 100. So I put marijuana once a day. Like, I, if I'm going to take on the doctor, I need him to be on the same, like, wave. Because me, you may not necessarily agree with it, but kind of just under, understand or whatever. So, no. So um, I'm sitting there. I'm in the little break room. And I get there, like, 40 minutes before it's my time to go back there. And so I'm just a black man early. Goddamn, yo, I got there early as fuck. And so I'm sitting there, like 40 minutes passed, and then uh, finally they take me back to the back. They done brought in other people that came in after me. They didn't check them in and all that. I'm just sitting there, like, okay, what's going on? And so I get back to the back, and then uh, they do the little waving and all that. And oh, what you here for? And I'm like, I'm looking for a new doctor and all that shit. And then so. she leave and it's all in a little office again for like another 20 minutes i'm like damn i've been here for like 90 minutes like what the fuck is going on so then the doctor come in and he's like yo he's like i don't know if uh, we'll be able to help you out today he was like uh he was like if you need a refund i can just take you back up to the front and the ladies can you know refund you okay. and this was after this is after i filled out the paper well i'm not even putting two and two oh, together yeah. So I'm like sitting there, I'm like, okay, like I didn't get what he was, you know, saying. And he was like, well, he was like, you know, you're coming in trying to get some uh, prescription pills and we don't really know you and like that. And, you know, this marijuana thing on here, this just kind of complicates things. And I'm like, yo, like, okay, you give us that sheet because you want us to be real. Like, let me know your real medical history and what's going on and all that. And then so uh, it just tripped me out. And so I'm talking to it or whatever. And I'm like, yo, yeah, I started smoking marijuana, you know, about a week ago because I'm trying to get off the standouts and all these other chemical bullshit. Exactly. I'm trying to get off that shit. Excuse me, sir. My number one uh, goal and achievement here is to make sure that I can get you on as many drugs as possible so that you will then in return exactly. pay for this fucking Pfizer. Exactly. Fucking Big Pharma is the biggest fucking drug company out there. And so I'm like, you know, I'm trying to get off that shit. And, um, so then he uh, was just, we kind of got to talking and he was asking other medical questions. I was like, I got sleep apnea and all these other things. And the dude actually started listening to me and actually having a conversation and all that. And I'm like, yo, this is my first time being back on marijuana that I got treated like a motherfucking like legal crackhead. The nigga thought I was just coming in there to get drugs. And he was talking about how he was like, you know, uh, marijuana is a real bad thing. You don't really want to get on that because even if it's helping you with anxiety, he was like, once you get off the, off the marijuana, it really uh, messes with you. He was like, I've seen plenty of kids come in and and you know they have these effects well yeah you're talking about kids who are still growing up you know if you're introducing something that's not yeah exactly i'm a motherfucking 30 year old man like my mind is formed and all and just it was just crazy and then by the end of the conversation he kind of admitted that he really didn't know too much about marijuana and he was like you know what we can't help you and all that but at the end of the day fuck that dude if you didn't even like dude didn't even talk to me like it was just immediately like okay you can go ahead yeah, and leave you, oh, i'm good so yeah, but it was a good thing you did smoke that long ass one right <laughs> exactly <laughs> 
Yo, I would have been fucking flipping chairs around like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Buddy? What's your stone when you went in the motherfucker? What's up? <laughs> so no, it was just fucking wild. Man. I just, I thought that was crazy first time I got through that. Yeah, but yeah, and that's the thing. Completely like, on the goddamn beat in the room, ain't that the motherfucker? <laughs> was you high when you went in there? No, I wasn't. Uh, okay. I wasn't. I did. I smoked. Okay. Uh, were you food boot out? How were you doing? <laughs> you know, you know, I'm just keeping it hip hop. You know. Uh, uh, I, I know that didn't help either, but it was just fucking wild. I the one time you should have went proper. You just, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I don't condone. <laughs> especially since I'm out there, Gilbert. You know, uh, they look at us a different way. So. That that was my first fuck up. It is. It is. You would have told me you're in an interracial relationship. Motherfucker would have kicked you right out. <laughs> so it was just fucking wild. And uh, that brings up kind of um, the first couple of topics on here. Uh, I saw this article. I thought it was pretty funny. They were talking about uh, legal weed doesn't increase adolescent use. Um, it says one common refrain from those opposed to medical marijuana is that its legalization would increase use among adolescents, but a new study indicates that's just not true. According to the study from Rhode Island Hospital, which compared 20 years of data from states with and without medical marijuana laws, legalizing cannabis for medicinal use did not lead to any increased use among adolescents. And the study was published online and will be in some upcoming print issue. And um, that is one of those things that you get when you talk to like the fucking Republican kind of mindsets and conservative people and all that. So, oh, well, if we legalize marijuana, you know, kids will just be walking down the street wanting to smoke it. And it's like, you can fucking legalize crack tomorrow. I'm not going to start smoking that shit. Like, that's not... But I would be curious. <laughs> I just think, like, at the end of the day, like, whatever you feel like doing, you're going to do it, whether the shit is legal or not. Like, if you want to do some shit, you're going to fucking do, do some shit. And I just, I thought that was crazy. So, I, what, what I want to turn in on about that is that's a go to they use. Yeah. Anything you throw that affects the kids or, you know, the family, you can tagline anything that's bad to that, you know? Mm. I mean, but that's. That's a prime example of them trying to use that scare tactics. Yeah. Almost like the, uh, was that 1924 movie where they uh, had people high and scary and all that shit? Oh, I can't think of it. Free for Madness. But my boy, Ugg, uh, King Lam, lived uh, okay. in Germany for a while, and their legal drinking age is eight years old. And you would think that they have a bunch of alcoholics, right? Yeah. right? It's just like the opposite of that study says. It doesn't increase. If you have the options available for people and the proper education yeah. behind it, and you don't make it so taboo and stuff, yeah. that's the main thing. That's, yeah. like, that's why so, our Christians so the way we treat sex and stuff, too, man. We're so oppressed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> don't, don't talk that. You give us restrictions what we want to do. We want to fuck with you. Yeah. You're in a relationship, or you can't fuck with anyone else. 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 You can't fuck with you know, let people have the shits. Yeah, like Bruce well, said, if you're gonna do it or you're not. Yeah. You're gonna abuse it or you're not. You know, but you put that information out there and keep people educated about it. Yeah. And then you don't make it such a stigma. Yeah. Things. And a I lot think, of things have changed, man. And I think the main. 
Yeah, it is. It very so much is. And I think at the end of the day, what actually increases drug use within um, within the adolescence, the youth or whatever, is when you make it taboo like that. Oh, you're telling me I can't do something? Oh, well, I'm going to go motherfucking do it then. Yeah, and so that's where the shit fucking comes from or whatever. When you try to um, suppress something or when you just try to stop people from being them and doing their thing or whatnot, you're giving them any more of a reason to fucking go out there and do that shit. So I just think it's fucking crazy. And then the other thing that this also brings up is you that... Oh, it oh, no, I was going to say, uh, you give a little sound clip for the vine, you go, what's it or no? <laughs> or not. <laughs> Fucking it, uh, this brought up the other article, uh, shouts out to Al Jazeera, who, uh, be holding it down in the news world. They, uh, put this article out, it says that the global drugs war was a billion dollar failure, which I've said that many of times, but they actually broke down and did the math on the shit. And it says that, uh, Nobel Prize winning economists, uh, support academic report, which says global drugs policies created $300 billion within the black market. The global war on drugs has been a catastrophic failure and world leaders must rethink their approach. A group including five Nobel Prize winning economists um, had said the other day. And it just goes on to say that academic report published on Tuesday by the London School or whatever called Ending the Drug Wars pointed, uh, or when uh, they started the drug war thing, it pointed to violence in Afghanistan, Latin America, and other regions as evidence of the need for a new approach. And we kind of talked about that a while ago when fucking Vice Magazine had this whole little report, and they were breaking down how since the war on drugs and since Ronald Reagan came in office and all that shit, moving drugs in the motherfucking hoods and all that, that's when the cartels started taking over in Mexico. Because even if you make the shit illegal, there's still a human need for it, if you will. And so they just put all these fucking cartels in business, and that's the reason why the these mafia cartels out there are running Mexico is because of Ronald Reagan and the war on drugs. We just started a whole new market. War? How do you expect who's gonna win? Who do you want to win? What outcome do you expect to gain once you win this war on drugs? I mean, we're fighting people who already make no free choice on what yeah. they want to do. What was that, Papa? I'm like, do we, I mean, do we expect them to just roll over and take it? Like, it's like they're not gonna fight for it. Like, there's a lot of things that are being thrown. It's gonna be a waste. But yeah, I honestly feel that's one of the reasons why I think why it costs so much. Because honestly, there's so much profit to come from it. There's definitely the losses in it don't fucking equate to what they're getting from it. So it's kind of the pointless battle doing things like that. I know it goes back to um, like the war on terror right now. There's a war on terror, but the question is, like, how do you win that war? There's always going to be some form of terror out there, so the war is never ending. And it's the same thing with the war on drugs, which you're going to eradicate all the drugs. Okay, are we going after Big Pharma too in this? Exactly. Exactly. It's a drug if it don't have FDA written all over it and they can't get their 50% cut. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what it comes to. That's the, yeah, that's the cartel. Right yeah, there. and that's the reason why I think, especially like with the whole marijuana thing, the reason why they want to make this shit or make sure they keep the shit legal, oil legal, because for one, you got private prisons who are making money off of the shit. I think like 25% of the people in jail is something marijuana related, if you will. And then uh, 
you just you got um, the government also uh, puts out the medical marijuana studies or whatever, and so they're making money off the studies and all that. And then you got big pharma who are making billions upon billions of dollars, and they don't want anyone cutting into those profits because you have like marijuana, you could get a seed, you could plant the shit, you can grow it and all that. But fucking Xanax and Patsel, you can't cook that shit up in your house. So it's like, yeah, we'll make own tech. And that's the reason why that shit is legal because you can't make that shit in your house and make a you know, profit off. You have to go to them as opposed to fucking marijuana. It's like, okay, we gotta regulate this shit because even if we make it legal, you could not come to us because you're playing this shit in your backyard. So it's just a big racket in the day. So uh, I actually want to bring up some wax if you don't mind. I actually put it in the show show notes. Even in a video game nerd that I am, I'm a big, I'm a Nintendo fan. And, um, you know, with the, with the lack of a better uh, word, but, you know, fags be real sensitive. And the, Nintendo just released this game called uh, Tomo Pachi Life. It's pretty much just like a Sims version of these little avatars that the, that the Nintendo 3DS kind of has. Kind of, you know, these little avatars, you have them on those systems. Just your own little character in life. And these characters can get married. And whatnot. And Nintendo had an issue of motherfucking statements saying that they apologize for not uh, for not allowing same-sex relationships to be handled in this game. They had to apologize for that. They had, yeah, fucking, they made had to make a statement saying we apologize for. So I guess they started making some kind of hashtags called me equality. Remember when the equality shit was like Instagram with it be that equal sign or whatever? Like, I was just about to say that. <laughs> The freaking the gays, being up who they was, had an uproar because. And I've said this though, the one thing I do give to the LGBT community, and that's the reason why these motherfuckers are starting to run shit, they click up. They, yeah, they, they go hard. Yeah. They do. They go hard in the motherfucking pit. <laughs> and that's what the fuck they do. They click up, they put their money together and all that, and they're able to push their causes and all that. And I've said that like to people who have a problem well, within the black community that have a problem with Obama. We ain't put no money in Obama's pockets. That's why he don't even fuck about the black community. He's not pushing too much shit trying to help blacks, if you will. Yeah. It's because we're not putting enough money in his pocket. Black people got a goldman inside and up the game. Now I'm sorry, what you say? Okay, that too, plus there's not much that you can really do exactly for the black community. We gotta help ourselves first, man. I mean, and that is real talk. for somebody that comes to like, yo, here. Yeah. Take this little package, and then what we're gonna do? Anytime you get some free shit, how much free shit do you have that you really care about? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's the reason. That's all going to depend on how you look at all that. Yeah. That's the whole episode in itself. Yeah. That's the series. That's the series. Yo, have you ever watched the documentary Hidden Colors? No, I haven't. Oh, you have it? You know why I have What's it? up? Because, um, the, well, I've always heard great reviews about it and whatnot. And, um... What's that about? I did see... I'll tell you. Okay. It's, a, it's pretty much a, a movie about, uh... It's a it's a documentary basically on yes I'm trying to say that uh, it's basically a documentary and it's called Hidden Colors because it's basically talking about the history of the world and how everything basically started off black all the the you got the Egyptians and you got the uh, North Africans you got everybody <laughs> you know back in the day who were in mathematics and sciences and all that, like all of it were black people. And then when the Europeans took over, they kind of whitewashed history. 
And they kind of started crediting everything towards that European fit. It, it wasn't anyone before them, even though there's many studies that, you know, the Greeks and all that, they talked about how it was the Egyptians who were dark-skinned that taught them everything that they knew. Yes, Plato, and you have the Kemetic schools and all that, and that's where they got all this information from. But then now that we're in more of a white supremacist world, if you will, history kind of stops with the Greeks and the Romans. And they don't talk about who taught them. It's just history stops right there. It was all, oh, it starts with the Greeks and the Romans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my thought on the yeah. movies, though, is yeah. pretty much I just feel he's compiling um, He's like almost like re-recycling information, and I don't like that because I know that he comes from a hit player background. I do, and I yeah. I see him using it more as a hustle con than to really try to educate. Because if you really want to do something and make an effect and a cost, like I saw this one hashtag, yeah, we don't need the Hidden Colors 3 or 4. Okay, we should have had some action after Hidden Colors 1. Okay, we got this information out here. Now, okay, what are we going to do? That's all we ever want to do is rally, march, and gather information and move. Where's the action? And get mad about stuff. Yeah, we keep wanting to get mad about things. We don't want anything to happen. Wrong shit. No, the players side note: this player should have fucking not played that game for the Clippers, man. Like you were not playing. Is that what? Like, let's make an effect. Let's do some change in this shit. And I do give you that because it goes back to my favorite fucking um, athlete of all time was Muhammad Ali because Muhammad Ali like they had their, I love that part on the motherfucking Ali movie when they you know got mad at him because he wouldn't go to Vietnam and he was like yeah he was like they ain't did nothing to me yeah they ain't never called me nigga y'all didn't call me nigga why am I going to help you go fight these motherfuckers or whatever and another thing Ali they all came together him, Bill Russell, Lee Al they all made that stand and they weren't even making nearly the amount of money that they were making now. So just imagine, it's not even that serious for them to take that pay cut. But we're, you know, I know what kind of world we're living. I know where we're at. But like, we can't say we want something just to be saying it. Like, yo, like yeah. just rallying for trade mm-hmm. for two weeks. Like, yo, what's up now? Like, okay, what's, what's the next thing to be mad about? Yeah. Yo, so that's another... how I feel on that kid because I think he's mm-hmm. giving it to just get more. Inf- like, yo, let's just keep getting more information. But we're not gonna do no action. But yeah. I like I like his I watch his show. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, he's good. As far as that part, I don't like that. Okay. One of the lazy things about how we fight for stuff now, though, is all on a hashtag. We be Twitter battling, so we be uh, internet banging, and that was one of the things that kind of upset me. But this the gay thing, honestly, they don't need to be out in the streets picketing anymore. So they just do a couple of hashtags, and all of a sudden we all sudden walk occupying Wall Street shit. Because you know, I happen to put something online, but really, what does that do besides kind of get our attention for a little yeah, bit? Yeah, that's the winning word, you know? Oh, but on your Nintendo point, I think that that's ridiculous that they even have to pre apologize. That just shows you that there's more to debate. It's not about equality, it's about superiority. Yes. yes. Say, yo, we're, we don't even want to be gay and be equal. Like, yo, we are gay, but hey, yo, we want to be better. Like, damn it, we don't. Because if you want to be equal, okay, my bad, we didn't put it in the game, but is it worth it now trying to make that much of noise? Like, we understand and respect what you're going through, mm-hmm. not going through, excuse me, but the lifestyle you live. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I have some relatives that are, you know, with that lifestyle. And I just feel that the way they try to portray their agenda and press it on people yeah. is fucked up. Yeah, of course, of course they, they do. That's almost like forcing them to fail me. 
Yo, man, and the song goes into the feminization of man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> Let's go. Kind of like when feminists start burning their balls and the whole gay thing. We're here, we're queer, get used to it. Like, no, it's, now it's a matter of you said, dominance, superiority. Like, and I think the big issue, I think you hit it, the nail in the coffin. It's that it's never, it's, we say it's about equality, but it's never about equality. It's about it's about supremacy and that's the same thing i've kind of brought it up at times with feminism that's the problems i have with feminism like i believe that women should be treated equally but a lot of feminism is more about men ain't shit and pushing it and once again this is in every we're superior to them and that's my issue and that's why we say that i'm a humanist you know i'm not uh you know i'm not a fucking male feminist i'm not a uh I don't subscribe to anything except the fact that I'm a humanist. I would like to see everyone on an even playing field and everyone fucking treated equally. That's what I'm about. Us being and that's I'm a humanist. So. Well, I mean, I will take Caprice's on Neil's note. We are better than you women, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my favorite fucking joke is he was talking about uh, why he doesn't let her. And uh, he was like, I don't let her, not because I'm trying to save the world. He was like, my fear is that I can drink a fucking Pepsi and walk down the street. And, and he was like, they're throwing in the fucking bush. And there's some damn white woman here that I can't even know. I don't think that's your evidence anymore. That's why I don't let her. His real life shit. I actually had the opportunity to see him before he passed. He came down here to stand up live like about a week before he passed away. He motherfucker with the truth though. Yeah, he was, man. He was real profound, man. And I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't really get up on game on him until after he passed. I was yeah, late. Same here, man. Was mad late. I didn't, I mean, I was up on it. I saw the elephant in the room a while ago, but I didn't know he was on Opie and Anthony that much. Cult of Black Philip. You ever seen that? I don't think I've seen that. The Cult of Black Philip. He had his own podcast. It was a shit. It's called Cult of Black Philip. I'll leave you on that. I didn't get into that. Excuse me. I didn't get into that until um, I heard about the guy who was uh, buying this material and shit. Then I started digging a little deeper into that. The YouTube dude, right? Yeah. Yes. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, if people want to give you credit to be different, but that message just gotta be said, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, YouTube, internet, what's happening in hip hop nowadays? And actually, yeah, as we go into hip hop, uh, first things first, let's truly, fully uh, introduce motherfucking uh, Kamani and everything you do and what you are now. Did I hear him say I am hip hop? Is, is that what he said? Is that what he shouted? Yeah. I am hip hop? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, shit, man, I, again, you know, I've been out here for about 15 years, <clears throat> excuse me, but recently, um, I just started getting back into the art scene in like 2009, and it's going well, I'm doing my production still, I'm sorry I'm being so late, but I can keep going on and on, I don't know, it's just Yo. a lot of stuff, man, just imcommonlykemp.com yeah. and uh, com. but a lot of things, is working with artists out here, I do live shows, um, painting events, um, I'm always running my mouth on Facebook, getting faded, and talking <laughs> some quite righteous stuff, but, you know, I got exactly. that equal balance, you know, so I, yeah. you know, I just want to be too bad, and then, um, just doing the art, and it's going well, just recently got these mass galleons, I guess. Uh, oh, look at that. Show off the hat, too. The ice. Oh, yeah. Oh, excuse me, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> heavy is the heavy, heavy is the crown. 
This is your boys right here. Yes, sir. So I'm just keeping it thorough, man. Staying active and uh, just enjoying life right now, man. That's what's up. And that's the reason why we had to get you on here, man, because, uh, of course, we Facebook friends or whatever. We had known each other for 13, 14, 15 years. It's been a long little minute. And it's just that. I love free thinkers. Like, everyone doesn't have to agree on everything. It's just a matter of being free thinking. Like you, exactly. You and, never know what ideas will come up from that, but if you don't have that conversation, you're yes, stuck. yes, and that's the main reason why we definitely had to get you on here. And uh, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, most deaf, most deaf. And uh, so I guess talking about hip hop, um, I thought this was interesting. Matt Daniels, who was a New York resident who describes himself as a data scientist and digital analyst, has created a series of charts that examine the number of unique words used for various rappers. Um, Daniels titled his project The Largest Vocabulary in Hip Hop and created his various charts using lyrics provided by the lyric based website Rap Genius. Shouts out yeah, to the website. Genius. And um, it says that he found New York MC ASAP Rock to be the lyricist with the highest number of unique words within an artist's first 35,000 lyrics. Um, ASAP was followed by Jizza uh, with 5,426 unique words used and Cool Keith with 6,200 unique words. And um, basically, we're kind of just breaking it down. Unique like E40. I'm just saying some shit on my ass. Unique or like no, unique all the words you don't hear too often. And yeah, I was trying to figure that description out. I think it's more unique in the amount of different words that you use. So, like, so you say, within 30, yeah, within the 35,000 words, like, how many of those words didn't um, copy each other or multiply or whatever? So, every time uh -huh. you use a new word, that shows how big the fucking vocabulary is. And uh, they were talking about that among the other artists featured. Um, which was inspired by the highly celebrated, uh, celebrated vocabulary of William Shakespeare or Eminem, Tupac Shakur, Drake, and various members of the Wu Tang Clan. And, um, yeah, I knew they had to do it. Oh, you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love them. I wanted to see pun on that dance, but only, then again, only had two records, so I mean, you can only, you know, see, you only have so many words on two records. Yeah. Because they don't have enough lyrics out for them to have out to be able to hit that. So, yeah, and that's a motherfucking feat right there. 35,000 lyrics. That's a feat. Yeah, so. I think that's ill. And I do. And that's what I'm trying to bring up. See if I can open the image in a new link so I can zoom in on this shit. Because uh, I'm trying to see how people are ranked. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, so they got the people up at the top, and uh, fucking Eminem is up here with Moby Dick with uh, over close to 6,000 words. It shows that Shakespeare is around in the 5,000 range, which would also actually, there's E40, and Redman looks like Andre 3000. Um, and then once you get down here towards the bottom, I find this hilarious that at the the last two artists are fucking DMX and Too Short, who both come out around 3,000 lyrics each. Yeah, because X don't say too much of anything. I, I love his fucking music, I love his energy, but X don't be saying a motherfucking thing. Yeah. So, but maybe uh, they count each of the barks, because they, they do vary in range <laughs> and velocities, they probably count it. <laughs> he didn't quite make it. Like, he's saying a lot more, it's cold, though. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else, what's new in the world of hip hop? I mean, shit, we were so we so stuck looking back, making statistics. I mean, 
Or, you know, we're good with who controls these sort of things. Where does it even come from? The way you know? And the winners, or I guess, yeah, the supreme rulers within the hip-hop radio world is Hot 9-7. And shouts out to Carly Hustle, who was one of our previous dedications. I think that was episode eight when we did the dedication to her. Um, she answered some critics about um, people saying that it was quiet in New York. Uh, Carly Hustle, who is the smart and sassy music director at Hot 97, um, takes the position very seriously. It says, well, Hot 97 recognized throughout the world as the most visible bastion of hip-hop radio. Hustle makes sure she does everything in her power to retain the brand's integrity. But many New York hip-hop fans and artists complain that Hot 97 doesn't show enough love to the Big Apple. But here we go. Oh, no, you good. <laughs> With Southern and West Coast rap acts, um, dominating the rotation. My hustle doesn't believe the hype. She says, as somebody who's on the front line consistently fighting for that, I say that the BS. I champion myself along with morning personality Rosenberg and programming director Ebro getting a lot of local cats fun even in the last calendar year. If you look at Action Bronson spins, if you look at Troy Ave, he's getting 50, 60 spins on his record this week. Bodega Bams is another artist that we're no. able to break to. I think I've heard that name when I yeah. It sounds East Coast. I mean, I know what a bodega is. Yeah. Like, he, uh, he got a, he got one joint that he performed with DJ Enough in his morning show. Okay. He got a little stuff. He ain't too bar heavy though. Know? Okay. He's a little more kind of like bouncy, almost like a French with more bars. Oh, okay. okay. Well, it would make sense if he's in the, the cream of the crop, because I mean, yeah. Troy, you know, Troy Abbey. Troy Abbey got this. He's cool. He he hit that coke top a little too much, but yeah, yeah, he's cool though. I, I noticed he had kind of a I don't want to say a 50 cent push but I, I noticed uh, I was talking with him with Yeo I'm like who the fuck are we messing with Yeo honestly but I guess they didn't and I thought uh, I do give it to Carly Hustle I, I appreciate her standing up because even I give that to her when she lived down here in Arizona she stood up for Arizona hip hop like she's always been about that local scene if you will and I think a lot of it comes down to what a lot of because New York is the mecca of hip hop but the one thing New York artists don't want to admit is that they dropped a motherfucking ball a long time ago like hip or hip hop has been focused on kind of doing the same thing that they've been doing they haven't branched out I'm not saying to sell out what everybody else is doing that was popular, but kind of push it forward. Yeah, you have to evolve. And that goes back to what uh, we're talking about 50 Cent coming back. 50 came out, it was just so hard when he came out because it was different than what everybody else was doing technically at the time of the production solid and all that. But 50 never evolved as an artist. Like, you're half a billionaire, nigga. You ain't selling no fucking bricks anymore. Like, your music kind of has to evolve. And that's the one thing I do give to Jay. Popo's on me because I'm a Jay stand. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, and the one thing I really appreciate about Jimmy that a lot of people don't like about him is that he's talking that billionaire shit. He's talking about his life. Like, when he, him and Drake got into that little shit because Drizzy was like, oh, well, Jay talked about art too much or whatever. And Jay was like, I'm talking about shit that I really saw, uh, saw while rappers talk about shit that they never really bought. Like, nigga, this is my life. I'm also building that shit, so I should be talking about that. Y'all Oh. Oh. And who was I talking to the uh, classic the other day? He was saying, yo, uh, 
Jay's in the business of making music, man. And he's yeah. good at making music for the music business. Yes. If you want to keep making uh, records or whatever just to hear your car, and you do that. But there's certain things that you're not going to do. Yeah. Still do that. It's not easy mm-hmm. to write those kind of things. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And I give that too because I. Oh, oh go ahead, Papa. Oh no, I was gonna say. I mean, I, I respect. Like I said, there was a. It is one track, and I don't know if it was Venus versus Mars on Carter yeah. Three. I always revert back to that track because it was one of the most product placement shit there was. Because he's talking about these tablets, these computers, these phones. It was also catchy because he had, I think I don't know if he had Dion or not. Her saying so kind of something sexy, so kind of gets them to the ladies to be able to chant to while they do bumping it. And, and then, then he actually had a really good wordplay about Bonnie and Clyde's and Crosses Biggies and comparisons contractions and whatnot. So he knows where to put it in at. And obviously, he knows where to put his money at. Rihanna. But you were on the uh, the New York not playing New York hip hop, right? Yeah. Carly and Then you bring this back. And I agree with Carly because Carly was taking lead from what Ebro said. I used to watch those interviews a lot. Yeah. And uh, Ebro was like, he's all, y'all niggas need to stop. Yeah, it goes in cycles. And it's not even and now we're in a state of when everybody wants New York to be back and run shit, but that was back when mm-hmm. they was able for the West Coast to run shit and they had to yes. the South at that. Now we're in past two thousand ten, I know we're in fourteen for it. Now we're in a whole new one. Yeah. New millennium. That'd be right. Um say that again? No, ten no, that's a thousand. New decade. There's another word for it, but we're in a new decade. Yeah. And uh so it's not even about regions anymore. It's just about good music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say, because we're in a new golden age of hip hop, I think the, the youngsters that are coming up, they have something to say. I think that we went through that patch through the 2000s where a lot of artists, and shouts out to Lil John, I love his energy and all that, but you had a good portion of artists that was just kind of copycats. They really didn't have nothing to talk about. <laughs> Yo, I think, I think it's getting better. I won't say that it's. Because like we were just we were having that conversation about cats kind of imitating one another's flows, but I will say I do like what Kendrick is doing. Fucking uh, cutting, I'm a big fan. That, that, that's creating its own little sense of copycatism too. I mean, it's all a, a thing of even some of the great ones. They they cause a little trends that people kind of jump on board and do whatnot. But I think hip hop does go in cycles, like y'all was saying, because the whole thing. I, I think what we're seeing right now with Drake being the head of hip hop. Is cycle of you had 50 Cent. You know where it's at. Who, in one sense, 50 Cent was like the realest fucking gangster yeah. rapper ever. Like, he lived that shit. He'd been shot nine times. He'd been stabbed. Like, it couldn't get more gangster yeah. than 50. And then he still had his little melodies on top of it. Is that what you want to say? You had to go to that extreme from the soup. Like, something I had to. Yeah. You can't go no higher than 50 Cent. Yeah, and yeah, then so you have to drop yeah. off from there. And go to the super. And now I think that's the reason. <laughs> and that's the Frank reason why, after Drake retires, hip hop is going to get a little harder. Because no offense to Drake, I don't think it gets softer than that. I can't see yeah. a rapper softer than what Drake represents. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I think it was, it was some kind of letter one too. It was off the, the last joint, the something remember. Yeah. But when he gets on his bar game, he cold. I just can't sit in the car with another grown man. <laughs> <laughs> Not the 
That's all through some things. I was feeling that shit. You can't sit in the car with another dude listening to Drake. That's too much like a date. Like you can't do that. Like we play a couple of these records. But like, you play on when the bitch comes in the car. Like hey, you know I'm a little sensitive. I write poetry and everything. But no, I do think we're uh, going through a phase and a cycle, and I think that but, it can't get no softer than Drake, and I think it's going to get a little harder. And just like you said, it goes in cycles. And as far as going to go back to New as York. far as the Main Street stuff goes, I think everything has its demographic. Yeah. Everything has its channel. Just how when you got XM Radio, they all have their channels. You want your you want your country, you get your country. I think we just need we just need more platforms for hip hop so we can express it all. Because we look at one in the majority, and we think that's all there is. And and I know one of the things that that will that will kind of bring us into our next topic, but um, one of the, I guess the new billionaire, he actually has his own stream of uh, like uh, his own. What you call it? Like, it was on pa- uh, like Pandora, Spotify, Apple, Apple guys at um, Apple iTunes Radio. Like they're all trying to come in to, to give. You need your platform. Give me channels. Like I can get to a, a person who likes that channel and when filling up demographics, hitting up all your all your things, and it's all making those moves. And I don't know uh, how big of a move you can make. What's our next story? How yeah. big of a move can you make and, and what you invest and what you can get out of it? And I think this is probably one of the biggest things that anyone's done that's going beyond music. Yeah. Like said, yes. Channels. And I don't think it gets bigger than this because I think the biggest deal to date with hip hop was the whole 50 cent with the vitamin water. Was he made a million off of that. Billion. Was it? But he got 50 out of it, didn't he? Something like that. Something like that. What do you say? And I get money. I drink quarter water, soda, and cost for two bucks. Coca Cola, cake, water for beer. What the what fuck? The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that shit was ill. But I guess now we have somebody who has surpassed that. Mm-hmm. As Apple reportedly is purchasing Dre's Beats Electronics for three point two billion, not million, three point two billion dollars. As in bitches. That's a whole lot. <laughs> it says that the site says that the sale of the company owned by Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iv will make Dre approximately one billion dollars. And I just heard um, earlier today, shout out to um, uh, the missus. She um, did some more research on it, and I guess Dre is set to make like eight hundred million, which still puts him at the point to be the first hip hop billionaire because I think he's worth like five. Uh, I think he's worth like uh, $500 million or something right there. So this is going to put him at like $1.2 billion. So hip-hop is finally eclipsed, and he's we got a fucking billionaire. I'm, I'm excited. I think that's dope to see a hip-hop person become a billionaire. I think that's dope. I think it's dope. I don't I'm kind of bored. Yeah. I feel excited about it, but I don't want to trade too much because I get mad that there's only one. And I get mad that yes. there's 1,500-plus billionaires in the world, and there's only four black. Yes. You know, I, I get mad about that. Minority, period. Yeah. So... That type of stuff, um, I would like to celebrate Drake for doing that. You see some people online who went instantly hating on of course. Oh, this is just some bullshit. You really have been in there. You believe that and got a bridge to say type shit. I'm yeah. Like, oh, wow. I'm like, let's enjoy the moment. Let's come yeah. together and exactly. make something happen. But um, I just like to see that more. I like to see yes. that I, I thought Monster owned beats, though. So I'm wondering, like, how big of a portion? Like, is, is he. This reports are correct. from what I heard. Okay. Yeah, so him and Jimmy had it. They had a good deal out of it. Didn't they get out of Monster because they switched it? Because uh, Monster's group was Swiss now. Yeah. Oh. Swiss. Because uh, they're beats by Dre, but they're not by Monster no more. 
So they just fix it by trade. Yeah. Uh, and they uh, back to Apple. So Marshall and Google are cussing it. And that's, Marshall's doing shit with Swiss. They're like, okay. But it's that and that's okay. interesting because I didn't even peep that because yeah, it used to always be Beats by Drake Monster, but now it's just Beats by Drake. I didn't even pick that up. Let's see what they bought up. Then this guy kind of like getting a new distributor, yeah, so to speak. That shit is crazy, but uh, I know I'm kind of I'm the same way too. Like it's dope that we finally got a hip hop billionaire. Which on the back side of it is kind of fucked up because we know there's motherfuckers who have made billions of dollars off of urban music, but finally we have an actual artist within it who has made a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm I'm, I'm excited for Dre. What the fuck is this detox though? <laughs> Yo, if this without I think this without the shadow of a doubt now shows that detox is never coming out. Yeah. You know, I think it may be the opposite. I think he may be like, well, fuck it. Even if it's right, I'm a billionaire, bitch. He's I actually got a point. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was the most thing. He's trying to be better than him, his own legacy. That's yes. That's so hard, bro. Yes. He's trying to get some stuff. That's hard. Yeah. And I always thought the, uh, oh, Bill Fowler. The uh, detox stories was always like super interesting to me because like the story is the first set of detox beats became what was Get Rich or Not Trying. Ooh. And then the next batch of um, detox beats mm-hmm. became Obi Trice's, what was the first one? Cheers? Yeah. Yes. It was hard. Yes, exactly. So that was the shit that was supposed to be on Dre's album on the detox. And then he kind of fell off and fell out with a lot of the other producers that he was working with and all that. And then he finally had that resurgence when he had the Kush record which I yeah. thought was fucking dope. I thought that was ill. You know, they were leaking out a lot of stuff. They were leaking out the versions of people rapping about Dre, like they were yes. the CI version. Yes, like, all the uh, the reference tracks. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the shots out to DJ Quick because I remember DJ Quick did an interview and was like, he was like, I have heard over 400 songs that Dre have recorded for the Detox, and he was like, all of them are phenomenal. And he was like, I don't know why Dre's not putting anything out, but like you said, it's because Dre isn't in competition with anyone else. He's in competition with his own legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, you, you, I can't, I mean, you, I don't know how you would say perfection, but kind of, there's one line that Master P said that cracked me up back when there's a little, little bit of beat between Dre and Snoop. It was when he did uh, the Last Meal album and Master P was all, he's, he's like, uh, he's like, Master, he's like, Master P is like, Dr. Dre, this shit ain't nothing but loops. Which someone would argue is that kind of how his music sounded before. You know, it, it was just perfect samples, just cut right where the fuck it was cut at and made. I rechecked back. So I remember I actually bought the Chronic 2001 instrumental album, and bro, it just—it's flawless. You know what I'm saying? Like people have, you know, I remember. I think the last person I saw him do was Young Buck, but he rapped over the whole damn thing. I don't know. God, shout out to Scott Storch for doing it. Yo, yeah, yes. Scott Storch played everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. See, like, I'm a, just real quick. Uh, no, he's a producer. In the truest sense of a producer, yeah. like the Quincy Jones, he, yeah. Quincy yeah. Jones, Barry Gordy, yes. Remember, he fucked with the Roots, right? That's that's we started with yeah, the Roots. Like, like he was a was a keyboardist, right? So sick. So yeah. yeah. He made all that shit after that, and then, you know he got his problems, but he's cool, man. But Dre is that producer. Shouts out to and Cocaine. In hip-hop, in hip-hop culture, <laughs> 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 so um, 
in, in the hip hop culture, we get it confused. Yes. Like, yeah, I make beats. I'm a producer. Like, nah, brother. You're not. No, you're a beat you maker. Make, you're a beat maker. And you're a good, you're a good instrumentalist. I'm not fooling with that shit. Hey, no, no, no. I'm not fooling with that shit. I'm not fooling with that shit. I'm not fooling with that shit. But, uh, yeah, man, um, if you don't make beats, I mean, you're not the same as a producer. Yeah. Every other genre of music, rock groups have a producer yes. come in and say, play that, do that. That's do this like that. Yes. Dre does that. Scott Storch played those keys. He made his drums. Dre's the man. Yeah. And he's a hell of a good shooter for his age. Fucking man. Shouts out to that, too. Oh, plus, and he's just, whew, he's a beast. Real quick, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, oh no, I was gonna say. Go ahead. I'm gonna love back to to Fruitless because I was gonna say, like, you know what? Are you gonna laugh? And this is the funniest story, story ever. Download that shit. It's the most illegally pirated shit. And yes, out of all the fucking things that I've ever purchased, I actually paid for it. And you know what the fuck? I can't use it. So I'm hating from a point of view to it. I just can't use it. Yeah, the ignorant fucking can go. I think it don't work on a Mac, right? They have a demo. Uh, uh, I didn't know that. They sure do. And you know what? That I bought one from the car center too. Like, yeah. I got the uh, Fruit News 5. Before they changed it to FL. FL, yeah. Okay. Nine, I actually purchased them. That's what Nine Wonder uses. Lex Luger uses that. Oh, Lex Luger. I didn't know he used that too. And, and a lot of it comes down to. What's the name too? Cardiac. Oh, Cardiac? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say a lot of it comes down to stuff. Yeah, you can create and craft, and I can't even begin to bother with the filters and ease and that motherfuckers. What I'm saying, so I can't even fuck with it. Don't do what you use though. It's whatever you do. Yeah. Man, not the machine. Whatever you do. Doing the proper thing. That's why we thought that. I was always impressed with people's thought. Choice of drop program. Like, yeah, you yeah, fuck with cool edit. Yeah, cool edit. Someone with all these greatest things, but it gets some, just something to paint on. It gives the fucking time for a canvas. Yeah. That shit is hell. And uh, <laughs> speaking of real talk, fucking. Um, one of the realest. Yeah, one of the uh, realest um, artists, I would say, in hip hop. Um, it's finally getting a biopic and um, shots out to the. Producer LT Hutton will be shouts out to LT Hutton, which actually we kind of talked about this before we went on air. When um, I graduated from the conservatory, moved out to uh, Hollywood, California, I was uh, interning at the Program Productions Record Studio. First love name dropping. I'm fucking. <laughs> oh, I got a name drop. This is my one name. I can fucking drop. But uh, I worked with LT Hutton for about a month and um, learned a lot from Dude. Dude was uh, on it and I had worked with him at the time when he was working on Ashanti's record when Ashanti was coming back and she had the single uh, The Way I Love You, The Way I Love You. That's what I love, What's up? Yeah, like, that's what I love, Sinjus. <laughs> Ashanti was bad, though. But uh, he did that. He did that beat uh, for it. He worked with her, and he also he did a bunch of records on Fox Life. And even this is just the later part of his career because he actually he started off. He was an engineer on Death Row. He did the gang of shit with the East Side of Snoop uh, or Marion and Bow Wow. Just like he's all over the motherfucking place. But um, he was only proud to say I worked on Face Off. Oh yeah. So yeah. So he been deep in the game, but finally he might be he quite possibly become a household name with this because he's the producer of Tupac's biopic and uh, he did a little interview with um, 
all hip-hop, and uh, just to read a little bit of it, uh, it says, the world has been waiting to see hip-hop icon Tupac Shakur's story on the big screen for years, and a film about the charismatic performer is now officially in the works. The Tupac biopic will be directed by accomplished filmmaker John Singleton, which I love that idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, Singleton also penned a script along with uh, two other dudes. I don't know these guys. boys. Oh, you're talking about that, right? Uh, Jeremy Haft and Ed Gonzalez, whoever it is, but um, it says the movie is being produced. Oh, the biggest producers, I think that was. Uh, oh, you know what? Oh. Producers. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> it says uh, the movie is being produced by Morgan Creek Productions and um, some other places with association with Open Road Films and the Program Pictures. Uh, the Program Pictures CEO L.T. Hutton is responsible for taking the film to Morgan Creek after attaining a first look deal with the company. Um, Hutton, who spent time working at Death Row Record Quick Pot, placed the project as his number one priority. Two years later, the film is in pre-production and expected release date of 2015. Now, I'm actually excited. Oh, yeah. Yo, Open Road Films is actually one of the one of the film production teams on here, and they actually make really dope, like expensively Indian movies. So I think they're going to make some pretty, pretty epic. So. Kind of like, yeah, I won't compare it to anything. They make some deep ass shit. So I think this is fitting. Good look. Yeah, and so uh, they did a whole little interview on allhiphop.com. We won't read the whole thing, but we'll uh, put the link up on the IBHM podcast and go ahead and read it. And uh, he just went to detail about how much time he spent with Pac before he died and uh, some production process about the film and um, casting and just a whole bunch of different things. And so I, I, I think anytime you bring up Tupac, then you bring motherfuckers out the woodworks who want to say, well, I fuck with Tupac. You know, I, I was, you know, because obviously he was a multifaceted dude, so there's a lot of stories and insights to him. But it's one of things, you know, if you got something to say, then that's a real good segue because uh suge knight recently got stopped by tmz and uh suge knight basically said in an interview that tupac is a lot former death row record ceo suge knight has again shared his Trolling, trolling. <laughs> Gotta get back in that limelight. He says uh, he shared his belief that the late Tupac Shakur is not dead. TMZ caught up with Knight earlier this week outside of Ten or One Oak as he proceeded to take part in a rant that touched on Tupac, Club Daddy, and why he I actually saw that shit on TMZ. Line. I know, I watch the shit, too. <laughs> and, uh, it says, according to Knight, part of the reason why he believes Tupac is alive is because someone came forward to confess to shooting the rapper but was never arrested. He also went on to call Puff Daddy a uh, bitch-ass and question why people would question his involvement in Tupac's death when every rat says it was Puff who had the late rapper killed. He says, uh, one thing people got to realize is motherfuckers born and raised out here. You're supposed to respect the motherfuckers that live out here because right now we got a lot of out-of-towners living out here and they ain't said nothing about it. Um, you'll have a motherfucker walk down the street and say, should not kill Tupac, but everybody know off the top, I ain't the nigga that killed Tupac. I'm the nigga that protected Tupac. And then uh, he just goes on to say... <laughs> yeah, to be exactly. honest, that was Tupac's exactly. camp. That was his fucking... His, how they give... I think it was one of the early stages when I think we were finally starting to realize how big the influence stars had, from Elvis to fucking the Beatles and how crazy bitches would go. Honestly, I always thought of it, I thought it was going to be like, who are these niggas? Oh, this hip hop here. These are the roles in the future. So, I mean, and that's why people are arguing saying that the hip hop police or what have you, which adds to the Illuminati connection, whatever. They're going to make shit. Is, is done how it should be done, and, and I, I think, think should not was just a fucking puppet. Get him here. He's a puppet. Yeah, get him here. 
Yeah, he was a puppet at the end of the day, and that was the whole thing, the, the whole story about when Pac was in jail and Suge was on uh, Bellum out, and Suge had him sign those contracts before he got out of jail. Like, he had Pac sell his soul to the devil, if you will. And Like, brother, I'm going to do this for you. You're going to do something for me real fast. <laughs> do something for Lucy. Yeah. And see, I think every, everybody took a lot of stuff from Pac. They took everything from Pac, but his work ethic. Yes. Oh, yeah, nobody worked like that, man. You did by his lyrics, his style, everything. But what yes. the record stand, man? Exactly. You know, I'm just I'm thinking about all the people who, you know, I'm blessed to be able to do what I do, chill at the house and just do that stuff. But, and I make music all day. Well, what are these guys doing when they're in the big limelight? They just partying, just enjoying the scene. Yes. Yeah, yo, Pac was working, man. Yeah. I hope this pick really shows, you know, how much he put was in the studio. Was yeah. Exactly. The article on the Tupac says it's going to be more believable or it's going to be more real because the Biggie movie, if you remember it, uh, it was kind of, it was so staged. It, it, it made it look like a fluff piece on yeah, a news article. Like, and now this happened. And then he mm-hmm. went, yeah, it wasn't, it didn't flow too much. Yeah. So I hope this is fluent. I hope this describes it. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's what you're about to say something. That was almost talking so hard. I don't even know that. I But, uh, no, I do think that shit is wild. And, yeah, the whole Tupac is not dead thing, I think, I think it's run its course. I think, without a shadow of a doubt, I think Pac is still alive. It's been, what, 20, damn near 20 years? I think How much would have showed up by now. How much would it cost you? I mean, because one, yeah, one of the rumors was that they shipped him off to Cuba, which you figure, what American can actually go there legally? Like, you ain't going to be seen. And, I mean, they have, they have my brothers that look like brothers out there, so you really wouldn't know if someone wasn't Cuban or, you know, wasn't, you know. And, and actually, shouts out to Asada Shakur, who's out there in Cuba, because she had Ooh. the whole situation where... Um, they arrested her when it was proof that the cops had shot the guys because they had their hands up and hit them in the underarms or something like that. And they claimed that Asada had killed these cops. It was this whole big thing. And I think she got broken out of jail or some shit. And then they fled her out to Cuba. And so she's been getting protected out from Cuba. And that was the whole thing. My comment got into trouble when he um, went, what was that, a few years ago when he uh, was going to be the poet. For Obama, and that was what the Republicans and Fox News was like. Oh, well, he supports this terrorist over here. Uh-huh. They can't have him in the White House, and it was because of Sada Shakur. She's out in Cuba, and so might be something to that. Might be chilling with his auntie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, possibly. That you know that that people took him out for a cause. You know what I'm saying? And it was more than just some. Okay, there's enough. He either got taken out some street beef. Yeah. He could either got took out by the government type of shit. Call and tell. Yeah. <laughs> but that would be all cheaper and more effective to just kill. I don't even say that's like true. That's true, though. Just kill and ship him off exactly. and Why do we gotta risk something? We can just take him. He's the biggest rapper in the world. How are you gonna hide that? Yeah. And it's, a, it's a nice. Uh, I mean, yeah. That just shows how much impact people have. Yeah. Impact. Yeah. It. Fucking safety. Yeah, it goes to Elvis too because that was yeah. the same thing with the people who believe they never believed that Elvis died because he made such an impact. No, he can't be gone. So do you think we're gonna have 
Oh, yeah. Yo. Please. America, please. You used to be a crap. That's, that would be so motherfucking hell. I would love that. You know it's coming around around, around the corner. Yo. Put it in the way. So there you go. Actually, I mean, I've seen a few. I mean, there's 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 duplicates everywhere for every single celebrity. Even even us are seen a few different versions. Like, but but uh, I definitely see that being for fucking for Pac. I was actually gonna say, I lost my goddamn train of thought again. Ain't that a motherfucker? It might be the medical marijuana. It might be this marijuana, y'all. That's why you got me cooped up. That's why you have to pop this alpha brain. It gives you mental clarity. And that's unofficial sponsor right there. Shots out to them. Give us money. <laughs> but uh speaking of alpha brain and um conspiracies and all kinds of alternate ways of thinking i came across this article shouts out to trad lord the big homie's been on here uh oh he's actually our only repeat guest we've had so far yeah, i guess <laughs> <laughs> he um shared this on facebook and i had read the article i was like we have to bring it up we talked a lot about alternative medicines and we talk about a lot of different things like this and we talked about ayahuasca several times on the show and actually before we read the article i was going to ask kamani have you ever heard of ayahuasca i don't know i've heard it but i don't know nothing about it okay so to break it down i know our podcast listener what's up i'm like i've heard in the background somewhere someone's <laughs> going shout out that shit out they went i <laughs> long story short ayahuasca is a plant that grows in south america and basically people go down it's legal out there in brazil and in that area it's not legal up here and people go down and they take uh these ayahuasca trips where they meet up with shamans and they're in oh, this jungle yes and they take they it and they hallucinate and everyone who hallucinates sees similar shit so people like the people who are into psychedelics and all that they're wondering if ayahuasca is kind of tapping them into some other new dimension or something because a lot of people keep running into the, like this motherly figure who's taking care of them they see jaguars they see like everyone's seeing similar Pretty shit much you trip out you fucking find god and you just and you have clarity and, yeah. and by the way, for the people that are listening, because I, I, I realize every single episode, we're almost like we're shouting this shit out. If we have any financial backers there, they want to deposit just a little bit so we can start a coat and take a trip and we can all fucking clean yeah. ourselves with this we're, shit that's in the system. Holla we're trying to start the IBHM podcast fucking um, cult so we could go ahead and start our own church and then we can go down to Iowa, uh, go down to South America and do this ayahuasca. But, uh, See now, my thing, because yes, yes. <laughs> and I yeah. See, and that's the thing, though. LSD is more man-made as opposed to ayahuasca and like shrooms are actually natural and so that's kind of the fear with a lot of the people who are into psychedelics is that these plants and these mushrooms evolved on earth with us over the past millions of years and that's why we're more in tune with it and that actually brings up i don't think i've ever talked about this on here but there's a real interesting theory there's this guy named terrence mckenna and he has a theory of evolution because there's that link of that missing link like how did we become from the monkey to the man like there's a missing link in there and his theory is that as uh, things started to warm up and as the uh, trees and the forces started to feed there was these 
these mushrooms and the monkeys started eating the mushrooms and became conscious of themselves and that it's the uh, uh, what is it the stone monkey theory and that that may be where humans came from was that we ate mushrooms psychedelics we became conscious of ourselves and then we started to build civilizations and grow from there so I've been all into this Harris McKenna yeah, he's passed away. Yeah. That sounds plausible right away. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know the truth in the air. I don't know if this is the truth. You know yeah. something that's plausible. Like, that makes more sense than yeah. uh, fucking the main fucking crime there, right? Yes, I believe it. Yes, it is. And, uh, going into the basically the hallucinogens with this uh, this soap star named Jane Scott quit Dates of Our Lives after having an ayahuasca trip out in Peru. It says um, hilarious and like something from what could be sequel to Soap Dish Jane Scott who's the popular young British leading man slash villain of Days of Our Lives has quit the soap after eight years. It says uh, what happened earlier this spring Scott went to Peru to hang out with Shaman and smoke hallucinogenics. He Why not? Built- Shouts out to that brother. Um, he revealed this in an interview in which he also called obsessed soap fans fucking idiots. And he uh, went on to say, I just got back from Peru. I spent six days in the jungle of Peru doing ayahuasca with the shaman. It was the single most positive experience of my life. Ayahuasca is hallucinogenic. I sat in a tent in a hut in the jungle on the Amazons with three shamans blowing tobacco smoke in my crown, realigning my chakras and my energy while hallucinating for four to six hours. God damn. He says, I mean this. Correct trip. I'm gone for a weekend. This is where I've been. And it says, uh, this is all hard to explain. It's very spiritual and very interesting. This is a medicine that the people of South America have been using for years to have a relationship with the higher consciousness. It sounds wacky when you say it, but it was truly the most important thing I have ever done. I came back a very different person. And um, it just goes on to say the start of the ayahuasca trip involves immense physical pain, severe vomiting, other unpleasantness. Then you uh, have a lot of revelations. And apparently Scott was to walk away from a full-time job as a star of the soul. Uh, as a soap opera and um, so yeah he fucking went out did ayahuasca became enlightened if you will and walked away from like yo all this shit out here is bullshit like he got unplugged from the matrix well, one of the things that kind of freaks me out and this is what you said how you had you know tried acid like honestly I've been wanting to just because you don't want to experience shit but also, I'm afraid because they say that's when you see your demons. Now, mind you, I'm pretty mind fucked, you know what I'm saying? Just sober anyway. When you get to work, I think nobody's find me questionable. This is kind of weird. He speaks with the left a lot, you know what I mean? So I'm scared. I try that shit, and I don't want to fucking eat that dude. But then again, I might as well go to Peru. Yeah, I just don't know, like, I'm already, like you said, I'm already on my damn self. Yeah. And this shit I hate, so imagine. I would love to see that. It is crazy, though, because, like, they've been doing studies on it. Uh, Of course, not in the American media. They don't want to talk about this shit. There's something waking people up. They don't want us to know that shit. 
But um, there's been studies of different things that they've been taking people who are addicted to crack, people who are addicted to heroin, people who have uh, post-war syndrome, and they're taking them and they're they're releasing all the demons. Like they're seeing the demons, but they're coming one and they're coming into one with them and like, oh, okay, this is what's going on, and then they're letting it go. And like we uh, talked about it on the episode with uh, Trav, there's a chick named Amber Lyons. She was a uh, dedication on episode 18, yeah, I think. Yes. And, uh, second to last one. Yeah, and she heard about ayahuasca and tried it for the first time, and she's been like going all over the country, stepping out for the past fucking year. And she said that she was like all just fucked up, and she didn't know what was going on. And she said she went and did this ayahuasca trip, and she saw shit that bothered her during her life that she didn't even remember that she remembered it. Like she thought she forgot about that shit, and it came to her or whatever, and she saw all the anxiety that then this mothering figure came and like sucked all of it out of her. And she was like, she's been at peace ever since so yeah go and get your butthole clean y'all come with us and I've been we've been talking about it I was talking to Traffy Traff found some um, retreat if you will up there I won't talk about it too much we found a retreat out in the east coast or whatever and he's trying and I've been really thinking about next income tax man I might go check it out man yeah there's like how you said, we got this different system. You got this one life. You don't know. Yeah, yeah, and and so much that we don't know. You know, so much we get we get caught into the material bullshit, and we also get caught into a lot of those terms and agreements. But you say, there's a whole lot that you lose in the details, and most are they trying to make a movie out of it? What's going on? And that's a perfect segue because I just recently, over the course of the past two nights watched a documentary that scared the living mother fuck out of me and I came to the conclusion that this war we have already lost <laughs> in the movie that I'm talking about it's called Terms and Conditions May Apply and it is a movie I just recently watched on Netflix if you, any of y'all got Netflix look up Terms and Conditions May Apply and this movie basically breaks down how the world has changed with these terms and agreements and all that and um let me see this little piece, see, uh, see what all they talk about it. When you, you're doing programs, anything, and you hit that agree at the bottom. Yes. It says uh, the title. Uh, we own you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I might just give us a surprise. Read it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> and that's the thing. Everyone scrolls so down. To like, I got to. I got to click in that one box before I can get to the next step. That's how we know it is. <laughs> I'm just trying to explore that shit. box to get to the next thing. Yes. <laughs> And, uh, the title of the movie Terms and Conditions may uh, apply is unlikely to incite but the content uh, is quite blistering documentary should rile even the most passive viewer it says investigating our casual surrender of privacy rights every time we click the agree button on this dense and typically unreadable online user contracts the director Colin Hoback outlines the real life dangers of digital heedlessness it says as the film illustrates a random tweet or innocent google search could summon a SWAT team to your door or transform you into a suspected terrorist. And they were breaking down some of the different things that have happened on social media and how because the whole thing comes to anytime you talk about the NSA and they're watching us and all that, the main defense mechanism always say a lot of people say is, well, I'm not doing anything illegal. The one thing I say to that is what is legal and is illegal is just something written on a piece of paper. There's some piece of paper in some building that I've never seen that says here that I can't do or I can do this. 
tomorrow that law could probably change. It could be new laws on there. So what you're doing today that isn't illegal could be legal or what you're doing. I mentioned that me and my girl um, had a conversation about that. I was talking about how when both of our mothers were born, my mom couldn't drink at the same water fountain as her mom. And that shows you just how like quick shit changes. Like first generation African-American that had full rights, if you will. But um, they would just break. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying the most fucked thing about, I mean, we've came a long way. One of the most fucked up things is the fact that these things that change, we don't necessarily know them. And we can change them, and we don't necessarily need to notify you. And that's yes. that documentary is, is fucking saying as well, that yes. you, know, you can change shit without even knowing about it. So just change those, motherfucker. And they're talking about in this film basically how um, shit has just changed since 9-11. And they were talking about how with the, um, what was it, Patriot Act, how we signed away a bunch of shit. And then they were talking about how the government is just trying to get a hold of all the information, if you will. And the NSA, everybody knows they have a fucking uh, hard drive that has a yottabyte, which is one trillion terabytes. And that's how they're copying all the information, if you will. A yottabyte. One trillion terabytes. Oh, my God. Yeah, wrap your brain around that. One what? One trillion terabytes. And not not one trillion gigabytes. One trillion terabytes. A terabyte is is 1,042 gigabytes, which, yeah. For those that ain't tech nerds, ain't too important, but it's just a whole lot of shit. It's a lot of shit. And um, they were breaking down how basically... Yodabyte got them. Man, I got them Yodabytes on sale, yo. <laughs> I'm gonna do a tag with you. Keep calling Yodabyte. I got a Yodabyte of them, son. Oh, he's pushing major weight, Sarge. Coach, major weight, major weight, major weight. This nigga's moving. Oh, shit. And uh, they were just breaking down like some of the people who then got caught up in some shit. And, like they brought up the whole thing where there was one, uh, I think it was a gay dude in the UK that was going to America for the first time. And uh, he had wrote about how he was going to party and go destroy America. And so, of course, he's talking about like killing it. Ooh, we're going to have a good time and tear the house I'm down. I'm going to tear you this motherfucker and ooh, kill it. <laughs> exactly. And uh, the dude got down to the fucking airport and they took his passport and they arrested him and kept him overnight because they thought he was a terrorist because of... No, he didn't find out until afterwards and they were like, we're worried about this tweet. Then it broke down this other one where there was this uh, comedian who was on... uh, He went to the Apple store to buy something. He stood in line for like four hours, had a real bad experience. He got back home and uh, he said he smoked weed and all that and watched Fight Club. And I don't remember the scene, but there was a scene on there when... Fight Club, the guy is getting ready to put his job or something. He's talking about coming in and shooting everybody and spraying round after round. And the guy took that word for word, but flipped it, talking about the Apple and Fifth. He said before he was done watching the movie, the SWAT team kicked in his door and were looking for the AR-15 that he was talking about on Facebook. And he was like, you're kicking the door down because of something I said on Facebook. Then there was another one where there was a seventh grader who got pulled into the office and the Secret Service was there. And so the mom got called in and she's like, what did you get called in for? And they were like, your son, and this was after the Osama bin Laden got murdered. It was like, your son had tweeted that since Osama bin Laden is dead, Obama should watch his back. 
he was talking in general of like, oh man, Obama just took down one of the terrorists and I hope nothing happened to him. But when you have these things that record everything, they red flag certain things and they just saw those certain words, put it together, thought it was a terrorist, it was a fucking seventh grader. <laughs> and they were just breaking down how like we've already lost this war like they're recording everything and they were breaking down how um, you have Facebook and Twitter and how you can delete something that shit doesn't delete if they have yo one, one thing I'm, I'm scared about big to kind of talking about Patricia Neal last time about that joke I thought I got it um He's drinking a can with it. He doesn't want to let it because just in case, you know, you'll get fucking busted for because of the dead white woman. One thing that would just fucking me up. This is just God is really testing me. I'm sure. Yeah. Just saying, just out of some fucking crazy event, something like that happens, and out of the fucking random, I somehow cross paths and be like, well, according to your profile, you've been known to love this, this, that, and that. So exactly. you will seem like a prime candidate for this because yes. you've been known to do this. It's like, like so even shit that passed by a phase what, what is that uh go ahead that movie uh, um the movie uh which was uh tom cruise where, where they minority minority report? Report? no free where they hit you for free crime yes and that's exactly what they were breaking down there were people who were getting ready to protest the royal wedding and they talked about it on facebook and they got all stopped before they got on the bus because they talked about it and it was free crime we're arresting you because you're thinking about something and the other thing that was fucked up and this they're already there we're living in minority report we're already living there we're already there 1984 minority report we're there already and they were breaking down how this um one dude, because I guess this information leaked, and um, it was basically just kind of breaking down how um, your Google searches, whatever you search, you know, all that shit is dating and all that. And some information leaked out where um, it was through AOL or something like that, and so it was showing all these Google searches for these different people. And there was this one dude, because that was the other thing, he was saying, you have our social security numbers, and that's how you're tagged in America. People don't know you actually have a social security number on the internet, and that's the reason why they say it's anonymity because your name's not out there. But there's a unique number tagged to you, so it follows you around, and that's basically your online social security number, if you will. And they were saying how anything you've ever done, it all saves in there, so they could go back and see everything you ever looked at, everything, so on and so forth. This one dude, his information leaked, and it was like how to kill your wife, and it was like decapitated uh, head photos and car crashes and all this information and so the government came and they kicked down his door too to see what was going on the guy was a writer on cold case the nbc show when you take the information out of context it looked like he was trying to figure out how to kill his wife he was doing some research for a show that he was working on and they were saying that that's when it gets scary is because we're watching you and all this shit we're filming all this we could take something you're saying out of context and arrest you for that when that's not even what the fuck you meant we lost already Smoke weed, fuck bitches all day. Open your eyes, y'all. Yo. Open your eyes. Another thing I just realized too: we're in the same proximity. Oh yeah, I guess so. Good point. One of the greatest things about opening up your mind is sometimes. Yeah, I'm like, I think I knew something like this, and then again, we just, hey, 
We're not, we're not just opening it now. We have a conversation. We Oh shit. But uh, yeah, it's just fucking crazy. It's like it's one of those things, and like I and I say that time and time again. Every time I bring up something and I say, people are always like, "Well, I'm not doing anything wrong." And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yes. And that actually brings up not not a spoiler alert. Oh, no, 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 at the end, they were talking about whole the whole Facebook, how Facebook and Google was basically in bed with the NSA, and they were saying how the government initially went out to try to collect all this information, and we kind of fought against it because it's illegal. Like we don't want you to take all this information from us, and so they were like, "What was the best way to trick people? Let's give you social networks. We're on Facebook. You're going to tell us everything you're doing every day. Mm-hmm. Instagram. You're going to show us everywhere you're on no. every day." Twitter, you're going to update everything, and since all of these different things aren't collecting all the information, it's not illegal. I can just get all the information from all these different sites. And they were talking about how uh, what's his name? Um, Zuckerberg. Yeah. Zuckerberg was like, you know, privacy is an issue. I don't know why these people are mad and so on and so forth. So the dudes that did the movie, they fucking found Mark Zuckerberg's address and they parked outside of his house. And they wait till, waited till he came out so he could go somewhere and they ran up on him like, hey man, we want to film you, you know, for this uh, this movie and all that. And he was like, oh, is the camera's on right now? He's like, I really prefer you guys not to record me. So they turned one of the cameras off, but they kept the other camera on and Zuckerberg didn't know. And he lightened up that word and he was talking and laughing and joking with them. And they were like, if privacy is such not that big of an issue, why were you mad that we were recording you? It's okay for you to record us, but we can't record you. And that's just... Fucking it, and that's that thing we talked about before too about kind of like the selfies thing. How smart of a fucking trick! Because if you make this selfie a, a thing, and motherfuckers are up, and they're, and we're updating our pictures all the time, well, I'm, I ain't never gonna know how you don't look, motherfucker, because you always yes. we, go, we, go, we got these bitches on lock because they. I mean, who doesn't take a selfie? And you just brought up a good thing because actually, shouts out to the missus again. She read this article to me. Um, Snapchat just oh. basically came out. You take the picture and it's gone in X amount of seconds. No, it's still on their server. It leaves from you. Yeah. They still have every one of those pictures. So by definition, yeah. Snapchat has the largest fucking pedophile collection Woo! in the world. Don't say. And they were just breaking down like when you turn some of these things off, like I got GPS on my phone and I turn GPS off. I'm just hiding GPS for me. Yeah. It's still recording all of that shit. It's just hiding it for me. You delete That's something fine. on Facebook, you're just hiding it from yourself. It's still out there. They are mad on your Facebook phone or had an update to our Yes. Automatically puts your photos on the Yes. Uh, and I was like, oh shit, what is this? So I went and clicked on it. I see it on my photo on this cloud. I didn't put it there. Yes. I'm trying to delete it off the cloud, right? They deleted it off my, oh shit, all my roles. Yes. Like, oh, delete it because it's going to stay on the cloud. I'm not. Like, yes. Yes. I did the same thing. Yeah. I downloaded the new Google thing. And then, I, same thing. I was like, wait, what is it? It said it was uploading something. And I went and it had like the last thousand pictures I had took. And I was like, I didn't even and technically I signed up for it because somewhere down the line I hit a great yeah, yeah, you see they yeah. decide yo we're gonna have everything that you gonna need for it, especially really in the future you're gonna have to go through it either way so I mean they're like 
was what kind of got me funny uh, laughing was the Snapchat. You know how the big thing it doesn't say not necessarily. The, the now I remember it's that people around me fuck with it, and now you can actually look back at it. So people are like, oh look now you can see him now like it's a good thing like like it's like they made a way for it like yeah now we can see him. Fucking now you got a whole catalog of your ass like fucking a. So, yes. But once again, all what they can do with it is endless. I mean, we can yeah. talk about it. We can call it conspiracy, and we might not believe it when we, you know. Yeah. Well, and actually, a few more things with it, just to go a little farther with the Minority Report. Also, on right now. Right <laughs> oh, we got a motherfucking Minority Report in the background. I love this movie, but it is fucking scary in a sense because this is exactly where we're going. These are like real horrors, man. But they just disguise them as different entertainment. Yes. And they wouldn't really put this kind of stuff in the movies if they didn't even. Do it. You know, yeah. Where do you think that The thing that I read, because anytime like I find a movie and I really enjoy it, I do some research on it, and I had watched some documentary or something about this, and they were talking about when Steven Spielberg got ready to do this movie, he wanted to see what direction we were going or where we could be at in the next 30 to 50 years and so he went and talked to FBI people and to see what we're doing now and what we're capable of doing and so that's the reason why this movie is so realistic if you will because this isn't just all made up shit this is the direction that we're going you just gave the audience five examples of them doing this for our special effects real life yes we're here we're here minority report the other little thing that they got is uh, they're creating these cameras they're like a camera slash microphone and they're almost the size of like a grain of salt Yo. and they could spread them all over the place and they record HD video as and also the voice and all this shit is going to the end of it like where they could do they got us that's the end of the day they got us and Yo. we let it you know, Google has the Google contacts yeah with the camera in them yeah, they, they, we talked about that on the last episode. Google is coming out with Google Contacts, where you put the contacts in and they have the cameras on there. So you just take pictures so they see what you see. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and what scares me is the fact that it's meant to help, you know, for those that are blind, which is cool. Yeah. You know, you're helping. But where is that technology going to go mm-hmm. And in the wrong hands and all the damn yes. time. And it ain't about just not being on security cameras. It's about being on every motherfucker's radar. And yeah. eventually... It's almost like they'll be like... Yeah, the God type shit. Well, yeah. so easy to get a hold of. Bam, they just gonna just go to the, 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 how they try to do it's a room yes. when he pulls out the. Yeah. And the other scary thing that they were breaking down is that this. You got right, y'all. Anarchy. <laughs> this gives them the uh, opportunity to kind of do time travel, if you will, in the sense of let's say you have someone murder somebody. Now, since I have all this information, I could backtrack that murder and see everyone that he's ever communicated and talked with and all that. I could go back in real time and hear his voice through these uh, different cameras and what he was doing and what he was posting and all that. And then you have the case of you have, uh, what is it, an accomplishment. What if you know somebody and then that motherfucker goes and does some crazy shit and then, oh, it says on Facebook, you guys were having this conversation, you joked about this and now you're accomplished. Okay, last week you were tagged at so and so amount of time and we saw you. See, I think that's, I don't like when people tag me and stuff sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I may be on, not that I'm doing this, but this is like, that's one reason. But, you know, but the main thing would be like, what the Yes. Just on just some basic level stuff, like. Yeah, I don't need everybody know where I'm at right now. This is the eighth we're in, and we're like almost fighting the uphill battle. 
But I mean, as long as we're having these conversations and people are understanding that you got to be aware of this, man. If you're yes. conscious of this stuff and, it's, and you do something about it, it's good. But if you, once you know and you just keep continuing to, you know, you got to make a change, man. We're trying, man. You got to wake up? Yeah. We're stuck in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, how? what can you do besides, I guess, spread the word and... No, it, it yeah, takes doing though. Yeah, it's kind of like like should we just, should we just die right now? Should we just make a massive fucking cult like goddamn this cult? I'll make some fucking Kool Aid, y'all come with me. You got the blunt, you got the yak, all right. We got the old twelve hundred. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, the thing that I always bring up is at the end of the day, it's by definition more of us than them, if you will, but they have the resources and they have the power because we've given it to them. But if the people woke up and just kind of fought back, we can make something happen, but... Yeah, you know, you gotta be a super rider, like, the only cause that is worth fighting for is that you may not be around the skin. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Anything else is just like, you know, but I mean... When, I'm not gonna be the only one out there dying. Somebody else. <laughs> Somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Where y'all niggas at? Hold up. I honestly believe though, if we really were to kind of upstand, if we were really revolt yeah. and really come together, we yeah. would win it. But we just they have so much of us in control. It's yeah. like it's, it's a fucked up part. Yeah. It's a sad thing. So and um, Maybe. just kind of fucked up. Bye. Yeah. No. no, no, no. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. And so uh, you gotta take over. Who was known? Who was trying to take over that? Speaking of just for uh, this game came out in uh, yes. 1992. Yes. It shows the towers dropping and everything. Oh, yeah. You ain't never seen that? Nah. Yeah, there was a Illuminati game. Oh, yeah. See if they can see. Yeah, there was a game called Illuminati. Is yeah. that on any Super NES? No, it was a board game. Oh, a board game. Oh, what? Yeah. Yes. And. There was a whole bunch of different like scenarios in this game of like the world getting fucked up, and they show like the towers dropping. There's one, yeah, yeah Pentagon, like a lot of shit that has happened. It showed in those cards. Well, well, I forgot what movie it was. I don't know if it was 2012 or one of the movies where you can calculate. Because they don't, they actually done studies. I don't know why I haven't talked about this before, but they've done things where they've researched the original uh, couple script, uh, the couple books of the Bible and the Hebrew version of it, like the original scrolls. And supposedly the way that the numbers are, they equal some kind of longitude and latitude that it puts a specific location of something. And I don't know whether it's disaster or what you want to call it, but you can link those locations to those exact things that were written from, from some verses. And that's actually a good segue for, um, it's not even in the notes, but something that we... Uh, we talk religion and, and, and God and different things and all that on here. And I've said it a thousand times and I'll say it again. I'm a person who I personally believe in some type of higher power, but I, over the course of the past few years, have gotten away from religion. And I'm learning too much. I woke up. Learning. <laughs> niggas, stop learning. Quit reading. Just take this Bible. Just, it is just, the reason why they didn't let niggas read back in the day. They don't want you to free your mind. Don't free your mind, brother. But uh, the one thing that I've come to believe is I have my opinion on the Bible is I don't necessarily think that it's a religious book. I think it's more of a historical book, and I think there's a lot of allegory, and there's a lot of different um, stories within it, and I think that's where the main disconnect is. A lot of people have taken it, yeah, people are taking it too literal, and 
that's why I kind of battle with this God religion thing with having conversations with people because I think I I, I, I I've gone into this when you break it down. Oh yeah, your toe's still fucked. I see it. <laughs> Ow! Fucking um. They stepped the tour and it's been fucking him up ever since. <laughs> I had broke down on an episode, I think that was episode 12 or whatever, and I'll bring it up again for the people who didn't hear episode 12. I had a theory about that the Antichrist has already come. And my theory is that the Antichrist was Constantine, the dude that made the New Testament. Because we go down to early religion, come down to the first, four, or the first century after the death of Christ, you had two forms of Christianity that grew. You had the Orthodox and you had the Gnostics. And the Gnostics had a completely different opinion about religion and Christ and all that. Their whole thing was that you can't find God in the church. You can't find God with some bishop or some pope. You find God within yourself. He's within you. And then Constantine was like constantly killing like these motherfuckers left and right, just killing everybody. And then finally, the more and more people he killed, the more and more Christians kept popping up. So instead of fighting them, if you can't beat them, you join them. So he joined them, and then he took, because back then there wasn't necessarily a Bible, there was just a whole bunch of Gospels that was all over the place. And so he gathered all the Gospels together and got with his political team and was like, we need to pick which of these books we're going to put in a final book, and this is going to be our book. And then so they made the New Testament, and then all the Gnostics, they continued to kill for the next 1,200 years. That's where all those Christian crusades, it wasn't that Christians were just killing regular people. They were killing Muslims, and they were killing other Christians who didn't agree with the Orthodox or the Catholic religion of it. And so I go to argue that Constantine might have been the Antichrist because he took the word of God, if you will. He turned it on its head, and what is the greatest trick the devil ever pulled to make people think he didn't exist? So you take the whole thing, uh, you guys are on this, you're listening to this, but this is actually not God's word, so I, I got you on. And then the people who are going against it, and like, oh, that's all bullshit, so I don't believe in God, I got you too. Yeah, double whammy. So it's a double whammy. I got you on both sides. And that's the reason why I think Constantine was an antichrist, and I think I, 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 I think we might be on to something with that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So I've been all on my gospel. And, and you okay. know what that tells you? And that means that it really is in the end of days, in the last few days, because we, he already done come back and we're going to fight the devil this whole fucking time. So it's like, fuck, and you're kind of scared. You're almost the one that's right, and then also the one that's fucking turn the fuck out. See, I don't know. What is that? Yeah, and you see, they can put us in this state of disarray. Like, you don't know what to do. Yeah. We're not like we're not the only ones like that. Everybody yes. feels like that. Yo, and we got put us in that malaise, man. On the soul, that's that's even better than us doing anything. You know yes, saying? and that's the whole to thing. Them, to them. Yeah. And, you, know, uh, you know, it's it's it doesn't sound totally off the wall, but and I forget what song it is. I think it's uh, Two Chains says it, which it makes it surprise how, how profound it fucking is. And I think it might have been on a Drake song, but it goes, it's that funk. God bless you. Like it's, <laughs> like it's it's you being mixed. It's you sneezing though. And yeah. what do you say when, when someone sneezes? Bless you. Bless you. So it's kind of like it's one of those situations. It's like shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what it is. Yeah. And that shit is wild. Yeah, and uh, speaking of, uh, I guess conspiracies and devils and antichrist or whatever you subscribe to. One of the coolest guys in the game was. Yo, I got I got some shit on fucking Twitter because of my fascination with Hitler. I'm fascinated with Hitler. And I'm not saying that I believe him and it goes back to the quote 
by Will Smith earlier. Even Hitler didn't wake up going, let me do the most evil thing I can't do today. I think he woke up in the morning and using a twisted backwards logic, he set out to do what he thought was good. And I'm fascinated by Hitler because Hitler was all into esoteric material. He was all into studying religion. There was rumors that he found Mary Magdalene's grave and at her grave site, there's that swastika and that's where he introduced the swastika and all that. Symbol, yes, it was a holy symbol that got flipped on itself. And I feel he had connection with the aliens because he was a scientist and he had the best scientist with them. So I'm pretty sure Jesus came back and forth and he might have done some good, believe it or not. Theories with that. And the thing that I always argue, like the nigga was doing all this research and all this shit, and then he woke up one day and was like, We gotta eradicate all the Jews. And I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do. I just wanna know what did he find out? Like, what did he read or come across that he was like, yo, we got to get these motherfuckers off this planet. So that's the thing, like, he's, and once again, I'm not trying to apologize for him. He did what he did was horrible and all that. But the thing that I'm just interested in is what drove him. Because, of course, he wasn't thinking like, oh, I want to do something evil. He thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah, and you got to put yourself in that time frame back then, too. We, we're not in Europe. We don't know how it was. Of course, hate of any kind is bad. Yes. But the amount of the amount of dedication and vigor and uh, power and stuff that you put into things, man, it's just like, yo, if you would have used it for, for yeah. it's phenomenal, you know? Exactly. But just the mere fact that you are able to to do that, and like I'm saying, like, maybe he, maybe he just felt like in, in where the Jews were at and yeah. in his community, he's like, no, yeah. this is just... I want to proceed. I want to succeed and yeah. there in my progress. Yeah. See, in my conspiracy theory, because I, I just like to speculate. I, anytime I bring up a conspiracy, it doesn't necessarily mean that I believe it wholeheartedly. I just like to speculate because you never know. I'll be speculating. I'll be speculating. I'll be speculating and, uh, time. <laughs> the thing that I always thought was interesting is shouts out to Spirit Science. They had um they had a documentary called Hidden History, and they were basically just breaking down ancient civilizations and the different things that they talked about. And they were like, what if we looked at what they said as literal? And the one thing that they broke down is that if you take things literal, the Jews themselves say that they're not from Earth. They say that they're not part of us. And that's the reason why Jews aren't supposed to mince blood. That's why you're supposed to marry Jewish. You keep your bloodline pure. And they talk about how there were God's people and all that. And there, that's where the ancient aliens theory comes from. What's up? Oh, and I was just mumbling to myself. I'm like, I'm trying to get me a Jew fucking pen a little bit. Trying to get me a spaceship songs. I've been. So the thing that I just I'm interested by is like what did he come across it to make him think that he needed to do shit like that? But the conspiracy theory is that historians lied and that Hitler did not die in Germany. Um, the story says that newly declassified, and this is from Declose TV. So to all you people out there, to each their own. If you rock with Disclosed TV, if you agree with them or disagree with them, it's completely up to you. But as the story goes, is that newly declassified FBI documents prove that the government knew Hitler was alive and well and living in Andes Mountains long after World War II. 
It says on April 30th, 1945, Adolf Hitler committed suicide in his underground bunker. His body was later discovered and identified by the Soviets before being rushed back to Russia. Um, it says it's real possible that the Soviets have been lying all this time and the history has purposely been, been rewritten. It says no one thought so uh, until the release of the FBI documents. It basically just breaks down that it's possible that the most hated man in history escaped the war-torn Germany and lived in a peaceful life in some foothills out in the Andes Mountains and that the intelligence community knew this the whole time. Well, sure, they're going to figure, all right, well, you did your duty. Now, don't don't come around these parts no more. Like, what did you yeah. think of me? So that's why, I mean, do you think Osama's dead? I don't think so. And, well, um, even if he was a, I mean, come on, no, the ties he had, do you really think it'd be that yes. simple just killing and, oh, we're going to box our wings on the roof, you know, just believe us that we did it? I mean, it's a man of power. I think... I think Hitler and Osama, I think there's a reason why there's conspiracy theories about them being alive is uh, for the simple fact that there's not enough evidence of their dead bodies. That was the reason why a lot of people didn't believe that Osama fucking died. (laughs) Yeah, they tossed the nigga like a transformer in the motherfucking ocean and then there was no pictures and nothing like that. It's the same thing with Hitler. It was just like, oh, he's dead. Just believe us. And so that opens the door for a conspiracy. It, yeah. it just, there's no getting around it. And a couple of like conspiracy theories with Hitler, the one that I thought that was real interesting, there's one conspiracy theory that Hitler, oh, they're looking out my man, um, that Hitler and his people may have discovered time travel, if you will. And the whole ancient aliens theory goes is that there was some type of crash, some type of something that happened just before Hitler rose to power. And that they were reverse engineering a whole bunch of shit. And then Hitler got charismatic and all that. He got powerful, went after the Jews and all that. And then when he started to lose the war, they never found Hitler. And there was some type of thing that they were working on. Because the whole thing is the reason why Hitler lost the war is because we won because of the atomic bomb. And the atomic bomb came from the theory of Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein was a Jew. And that's the reason why Hitler didn't come up with the atomic bomb, because he refused to use the technology of a Jew. So he was trying to find a different way to do something. And I forgot the name of it. Shouts out to James Rowland. He has a book called The Black Order, and he kind of broke down on a lot of this. And he was saying they were working on something else. And if you accomplish this other scientific achievement, you could figure out how to bid time on itself. And they were wondering if maybe that's what happened to Hitler. What if he disappeared in the time vortex or vortex or whatever? Because that's the whole thing. We don't know what wormholes do, and we the Albert Einstein says that time could be folded on itself. So by scientific definition, it's possible. And what if that's what Hitler did? Maybe he didn't die, and maybe he vanished off into the space or something. I don't know. Y'all can't find me. <laughs> so uh i don't know and that's just a conspiracy theory that is here or there i mean i don't really super subscribe to time travel and all that still can't wrap my brain around that maybe if you say that you went to another multiverse or another universe or another dimension i'm pretty sure eventually science is going to figure out how to do that but i have an issue with the time travel thing just kind of doesn't fully make sense but one thing that is very interesting to me that I, I often do wonder about, and a lot of more information is still coming out about, I mean, we still don't understand it. It's been forever ago this shit came, came to existence. We keep finding yes. things. We keep finding new things, and a lot of these new things we keep finding, we keep finding in Egypt, and uh, there's a newly discovered 3,100-year-old Egyptian tomb include, that includes intricate, intricate hieroglyphs describing the afterlife. 
And um, basically, it breaks down archaeologists that found a tomb dating back to around 1100 BC, which is um, it's south of uh, Cairo, Egypt. Um, some minister or some, but it basically says that they uh, broke down and made some discovery in the tomb. It's, it was found there, another one dating back to the same period, belonging to the head of the army that was discovered in the previous excavation season. The tomb was much larger, but uh, much of what remains is if it would get to the fucking thing, like what did they talk about? It, <laughs> it, 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 summarize, bro. So, uh, anyway, they found a whole bunch of intricate details of them talking about the afterlife and all that. And um, I thought this was Remember. interesting. What's up? Read my mind. Keep going, man. Don't worry about background. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but uh, what is fucking interesting is that to this day, we still can't figure out the Egyptians. We still can't mimic the Egyptians. Something, and this goes back That's to... That's okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> I brought it up before. I, um... Yeah, yeah. I had, um brought up before there was this thing uh, what the fuck is the name of it there was a um comet uh disaster that they recently came across over the past the three four five years or whatever and they basically came to the point that there was some type of huge asteroid strike that hit earth about twelve thousand years ago and wiped off like 90 percent of the mammals on the planet and so a lot of people have been speculating. This has opened the door to wonder if maybe human civilization have evolved a lot farther than what we thought they did a while ago. If we de-evolved and we started back over, and that's the reason why we can't figure out what the Egyptians were doing or how they were doing it, because they were the last remnant of that old ancient civilization before we restarted. Yeah, before the comet. And the whole thing is that they've been finding these glass melts and basically you have another extinction theory of going back to like 65 million years ago. You know, the potatoes, the little rock thing. They, the one thing that they really broke down, which was interesting, where they were showing how a lot of those um, hieroglyphs in those caves and how they go down in there, there is with the information that we have, it was impossible that they were carving all that stuff in the dark. And the whole thing is the thing that they had back then was copper and other things and they tried to use like copper to reflect light and it's only so far you can go in there. And they're also talking about you can't use a torch to go in there because the deeper you get in there, the less oxygen it is and eventually the thing, so they had some type of light bulb with some type of electricity in there. And so there's just, there's a thousand different theories about the Egyptians. Oh, they showed them having Who knows how many times we started though? I, I, that's something I'm kind of curious to because there, there's yes. more studies that they do where they realize the world's a whole lot older than it is. Like, I thought we just started this over. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of mind boggles me. You wonder, like, how many times have we started? In, in, in this case, how many times we 
had the court situation. I like to get because I remember like most of Jews, a lot of truth in those in those stories. And I, I love the my, my fucking favorite one, the Charles of Bell. And how many don't have, have we don't come up with guys like now? Nah, your mom was fucking up. Yeah. Here we go. And the, and the thing that I've brought up, and that's the reason why I take the Bible in a different literal sense. We need will. to figure out this kind of conversation. <laughs> The uh, fucking theory that I have is you have the story of Noah's Ark or Noah's Ark and how it talks about how there was this massive flood because God got mad or whatever and there was this massive flood and they um, wiped out all these different people and all that and the thing that I wonder is because there's a lot of stories like every single continent has a story about some massive flood that happened right what if the flood that they're talking about is when all those comets rained and hit the ocean? There's the earth is two thirds water, so it's going to hit more of the water than it's going to hit land, and then you have tsunamis. And maybe what they were describing was the asteroid attack, and maybe that's what it was, and that's the whole story of Noah is that it wiped out the good majority of people, and we have restarted. And we are uh, shots out of the ground. They were the first people who came after the whoever. Yeah. Or they were the only ones that survived. There's just something. There's something about them that it disconnects them from where we're at now. They're that missing piece. And the thing that I argue too is that we have Egyptology. There's a, a study in Egypt in Egyptology. There's no other civilization that has a Americaology or a Russiaology. Well, that too, I mean, it's such a diverse language. Like, honestly, English is one of the most bastardized languages ever, and that's in. Arabic, or I mean, I guess it's just one of the originals. Like, you can't get any pure and deeper. And I mean, just kind of like if you ever see, like, remember the old Kung Fu movies? Well, fucking bad. Yes. But they're saying so much, it's like, the way you are treating me does not make me feel good. I don't know. Like, it's not messing with me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And shouts out to 1984. They, uh, George Orswell talked about that in 1984, and he was talking about controlling the public and how you control the public is by you bastardize the language and you put less and less words so people can't communicate their ideas and all that. And you can basically dumb down and control the people by. When they go to space and they get, they get all the Terry Crews as the president. Oh, uh, Yes, yeah, they're talking yeah, shit on that with idiocracy. Yes. Idiocracy. And that's the reason why I go as far to argue that that's the reason why the education system is falling apart and all that. It's all reason. If you're running a civilization, it's not you, smart to teach your servants how to you, you yeah. don't want free thinkers, you want workers. And that's exactly why they try to demonize the knowledge and call us Illuminati culture. Mm. All you're doing is studying ancient teachings and telling you how all this shit came together, yes. and then they'll disguise it, put a twist on it, and see the hold on, this is even worse because they <laughs> twist on it. They twist the twist like they're like, okay. Uh, you know what I'm saying? This knowledge is this, this is the devil. Yeah. And then they'll tell you the devil that's a lie. And then they'll tell you some shit. And so many twists and turns, you can't unravel the truth. truth out there, and we told you so many lies, and you don't even believe the truth no more. So we're just like, we're just gonna put you in a line, and we're gonna be over here fucking popping champagne or whatnot, you know, doing whatever. Shouts out to Rob Shouts. Shouts out to uh the big homie fucking Jay Electronica. Uh, oh, Black Jesus. Black Jesus. He wife and he getting in that. He get that Illuminati money. I'm not mad at him. No, shit. So, uh, I'll do it. 
<laughs> yeah, shit. If you gonna aim, aim for the top, shit. And uh, the last little thing with the whole global ancient civilization thing, um, I came across this other thing. Some dude named uh, Richard Casaro had kind of broke this down. I thought this was real interesting because this is one of those anomalies within history. <clears throat> this guy says, I've always been drawn to Gothic cathedrals and I've also been fascinated by ancient history. I find one ancient mystery most compelling. The strange, unexplained similarities shared by ancient civilizations. It says the Egyptians, Chinese, and Mayans developed separately on different continents. Even so, all constructed pyramids, built Corbel vault architect, practiced mummification, worshipped the sun, developed hieroglyphs, and like it shows pictures of all these different monuments and these stepstone pyramids all across from one people. And that's what it comes down to. It's there. We all came from one something, and that information spread across the. Because there's. The world operate the same way the U.S. did on a global basis. Mm-hmm. You know, we have national scale. Exactly. Started in the East Coast. You know, we make people lost that we started in the West. Same thing in the world when the first tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people get. And people get. And, and, and we we go at war for that shit and. One of the recent things, what was it? That what are the girls that we lost in Syria? Yeah, that they make a big old deal. But the, the way that we took shit, like so we bastardized things so fucking much that pretty much we kind of we sh- we made the proper hoe. And when when we pass this sort of thing along, it fucks up with rotation of, of the places and you know what I'm saying. So like, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I don't. There's this guy on YouTube, man, he's, he's amazing. His name's Supreme Understanding. He writes some mm. books called How to Hustle and Win. Real knowledgeable. Oh, brother, yes. Super, super smart brother. And he's around at our age demographic. Oh, okay. so he, he's on, he's hit with him, you know what I'm saying? But he has this one video, and he's talking about the secret societies and how people want to say Gucci Man and the Illuminati, all these yeah, yeah. videos. So he titled this video Gucci Man and the Illuminati just to suck people in. Yeah, yeah. Shit, right? And he dropped the jeans on him, man. One of the points that stood out to me was all, if you know what I'm saying, when the the white settlers or whatnot came over in Europe and whatnot and saw the pygmies, they used to live underground, yeah. four to five feet underground, yeah. and they were black people. Yes. But they're only about four feet, five feet, yeah. max, if that, you know? So these people, they're seeing them, they're foreign to this, they don't know who they are, and it's the devil. Yes. Black, black devil. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to call that the devil. And then they twist that. And then if you want to be, if you, there's like I said, there's only so much you can tell somebody. If you want to believe that there's a group of white people who are in power yeah. that may be worshiping you, yeah. and you don't believe that, then there's nothing you can tell somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what they, they hide. I know, they praise yeah. the black man, the black God. Right? Yeah. And that's just... It's not even a racist effort because all that is just distractions from the truth. It's just fact, man. This is where we come from. So yeah. when they try, if you can't uh, even accept that there's people that don't look like you that may worship you, you're yeah. already defeated. You're screwed. So, yeah, exactly. You know what? That's just how it is, man. We we all here, man. That's real talk. Go from light to dark. You go from dark to light. That's, that's yeah. knowledge. It's and, common logical shit, man. And we uh, broke it down. Don't be telling me no truths that make me think and shit. <laughs> tell me what to wear. Tell me what to drink. Fuck it. Uh, we talked about it on. I think that was one of our first episodes. The whole blue eye um, mutation and how they did that study where all blue eye blonde hair people 
came from, yeah, it was a form of Shout out to Brother Ali. that happened 9,000 years ago. And the other thing that I kind of, I kind of build on from that, that I always bring up is you have like Down Syndrome and different things that hit the Caucasian community a whole lot more than the black community. And I go as far to argue it's because they're closer. Yes. It, it's, it's, it's basically the whole in a bad way. Yeah, don't you ever disrespect yeah, my white so, woman. <laughs> yeah. And that's the whole thing. The word mutant is always looked at in the wrong light. It just means that something mutated and changed. And it's just like if you were to have Evolution, a, if you were to have two cousins were to have a baby together, it's going to have a birth defect, and that's the reason why you have a lot more birth defects within Caucasians because their bloodline doesn't go back as far as African Americans, if you will. And so, I don't know. I'm just kind of putting that out there. But uh, just lastly, the guy goes on to say that uh, as a teen, he read books by Victorian era academics, fascinated by this riddle. Um, he said these scholars all subscribe to the so-called golden age hypothesis to explain the similarities, otherwise known as the Atlantis theory. This is according to this idea that Roman civilization must have flourished in remote antiquity. Its peoples build pyramids, practice mummification, and constructed corbel bar or ball architect. The golden age civilization vanished and suddenly cataclysmically per, uh, perhaps overwhelmed by a great flood. Which also, once again, matches up with when the, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, when that comic strike happened 12,000 years ago. So, once again, we might be rebuilt. We might be starting off with you. So, uh, Can you get to the end? Right foot. How about that? Yeah. Yes. And that. I was like, yeah. end already? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. So, the way. <laughs> just throwing it out there. You gotta, gotta make a disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer. Don't do it, kids. Don't do it. So, uh, shit. I guess on that note, it's about that time, Popo. Is that right? Is it about that time? Uh, yeah, it's about it that is, time. Uh, time for. We gotta sing it together, y'all. Oh, we gotta sing it together. Yeah, okay, yeah. it's time for. Dedication. Like me, that Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And. Yes, sir. Uh, Anyway, the guest gets to kind of show it first. So, brother, if you were ready, I know we kind of brought out you, you know, very right before we're about to start the show, but you said you had to pick out already. So, who do you have for your dedication for this show? Because she was just on my mind today, earlier when you mentioned that. Hey, uh, this is for Lord London. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> Things right now. I'm on podcast. I'm trying. He's doing is what it is because because trying is. One thing. Did you go to Wayne's baby? I now just one of that's one of that's one of his beards, right? Because because you know about Wayne Gay, so that's one of his beards because he has her. Is he the? No, she wasn't the one that was with. Okay, yeah, because Woody was was dreaming. So, so yeah, that's one of his beards. His really many beards. You know what I'm saying? Because he'd be fucking uh, Drake on the low, low. Girls get real mad when I'm telling them. Let me tell you, but those shit's going. Drake up on the low. Oh, I'm okay. Drake, Drake, and like this. That's the that's the one thing about Lauren London that broke my heart is that she had a baby by that motherfucking gremlin. That's the only thing that killed me. But she made me like she. She got that little hood edge to it. Yeah, she does. Yes. She little, I think she got that from ATL. Yeah. She may be in the parking lot. She might have a little hood <laughs> retention in her. It might be. But uh, no, I definitely love Laura London. Oh, she. 
Oh, oh. If, if this was Wayne's World and this was the 90s, I'd give you a swing, I guess. <laughs> and you know, like, you know, but she gets a swing. I'm going to call you Give it to me. And, uh, I guess since I got two dedications, I'll say one and I'll pass it to Popo. Okay. And I'll the last one. All right. So uh, my first dedication goes uh, to a woman who uh, currently I feel bad for. It's broken my heart. This is a pity dedication. This is a... <laughs> I dedicate this episode to my uh, snow bunny goddess, Jillian Jacobs, from Community. Oh! It was just recently announced that Community has been canceled. Mm. They will not be coming forth with a fifth or sixth season, whatever season they were about to go into. Are they going to make a movie out of it, though, ain't it? They're not making the movie. As of right now, they're not making the movie neither. And uh, so, yeah, Community is my shit. I, I got hip to it on uh, Hulu. I watched all of it. And uh, it's just it's falling apart since Childish Gambino left and since Chevy Chase left. It just, yeah, it well, they say he was an asshole to work with anyway. So, but you know what? He a little bipolar. He, he a little bipolar. You old man. You old man. Come on, man. He's a I tried to check out his music, but you see, I don't know what I'm doing. And I, 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 I do fuck with Chad. You gotta be on some emo shit, though. You do have to be on some emo shit. You, you ain't feeling, you talking about Gambino? <laughs> yeah, you talking about Gambino? You talking about Gambino? Uh, I'm, with, I, I'm, with, I'm on the hated train against Gambino, but uh, to be... You got his name from the Wu Generator game? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, if that was the case, my name Dick Pounder, I kid you not, a lot of those fucking <laughs> And that's the thing that's so interesting to me with Childish, I got on the Childish bandwagon, like, after he dropped the Camp CD, I started fucking with him, and the reason why I didn't fuck with him, because when I saw his name, I thought he was like some, a spinoff of Wu-Tang, and I was like, oh, this is another one in the Wu-Tang, because it's like 38 of them in that group, I'm like, I'm kind of cool on a new one, and then it actually shots out to the Blackout Tips, they shot it out on Childish constantly, and I finally checked it out, and the emo in me fucks with Childish, I fucks with him. I fuck him when he was on camp, I'll say that. Back on camp. You know what? I'm being supervised. I didn't even listen to enough to even give it up. Yeah. No, no, no. You, you did the right thing, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but think about the dedications, though. Since you got to, and you mentioned the community, which is one of my top off, uh, all-time favorite shows. I even had the motherfucker on DVD, the seasons. I remember I got up to season two. I met a bitch. She stole it from me. Never gave me back. Ah, there's a lot of memories. Alice Wadita. That was on the community. If you want to look at her, her name is Allison Gray. You might have seen her on... Uh, Mad Men and a couple other things. Google, please. Uh, Allison Bree, or I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but it's B R I E. Allison Bree. Oh, God, you talk about a fucking uh, milk of magnesia. It's this one. She's just hell is off. She was a bad one. A lot better because she kind of looked tan on her IMBD. I don't like that shit. But she's a fight the beauty. Um, as far as her range goes, as far as, you know, shouting someone out, she can do an English accent, but really what bitch can't, hasn't practiced English accent, so. No, I do give it to her because she mad motherfucking nerdy. And she got. Yeah. And I feel like she's almost ugly enough. Maybe I can holler at her. Maybe it would work. You know what Maybe she let me hit this. You might give it up to a, a local nigga. Let me find you real quick, babe. Fucking, you know what I'm saying? Just start freestyle poetry spinning at her. She might fuck with it. Who knows? You never know. That's the thing. So I take it as one of my dedications. So if you want to bring the next one, 
then uh so then my last dedication and uh it'll come off a little sappy but uh tomorrow's mother's day so my last dedication goes to my fiance uh, no actually you know what I'm, i would have shouted out my nana if i knew she was gonna done like this <laughs> no we're 22 fucking episodes into the uh fucking ibh podcast and me and skips are getting ready to go ahead and get married july 4th so with uh yeah. mother's day here uh i also dedicated to uh the missus uh skip so shout out to you she you, she can be ahead of eight times but i love her nonetheless so oh, well bless you man I'm, and it's, it's so hard to, to not only to find it but to really be able to do it obviously you have two beautiful kids I'm I'm you, I, I appreciate that. that. After that shit, being able to create life in such beauty, and you know, saying you can shape and form, and I guess my dedication because I don't have a special love interest, unfortunately, so I can only hope and dream. And this bitch is just ugly enough, like I said once again, she just might let me get it, and I'll make her real happy. And she'll love. I've been on a Netflix kick lately, so I've been really, I've been stuck on that shit, but I first seen this bitch on uh, White Chicks. She was the girl who, when she was, when they went to the dressing room scene, uh, her name's Jennifer Carpenter, if you want to look up her name, Jennifer Carpenter. Yeah, Dexter's sister. She was, I've first seen on White Chicks, she was looking at the fat on her arm and talking about her big she was a bit thicker then you know what I mean so she's just she's beautiful and she, she plays cool enough to where I feel like I can, I can bullshit say my thing and hopefully she won't be fucking too far offended cause she'll tell me to suck my own dick or something like that the one thing I will say the bitch look like she could take a punch so Yo, I respect that yeah. she look like she could take a punch I, I feel like, and then and then in my little dreams I start dreaming right away I fall in love real easily man I fall in love often actually every time I see women I fall in love and uh, in, one, in one of the scenarios she actually defends me where at a bar, I'm getting a little shit faced. I'm talking shit like I normally be talking shit. And some of it comes up to us trying to go wop wop on it. And he has a crew of bitches, and it turns out to be like a me against the fight of a Yakuza. It's just a real fuck situation. And you know what I'm saying? I get dumb on the way home. Like, it's just, it's just beautiful things. And Jennifer Compton, I dedicate this to you. <laughs> but, uh, yes, sir. Yeah. So, living the dream, man. So, uh, I guess on that note, fantastic motherfucking show. We want to shout out to motherfucking Kamani Kim for coming on the motherfucking website. Go ahead and plug your shit. Thanks for showing. Yes. The brother raps, he makes beats, he paints, he designs clothes. Yes. Uh, most You doing the news thing and I and I it's so easy to hate on shit and just it's really a matter of not being lazy and actually fucking doing this. Honestly, man, you you doing something I'm I'm out doing like a little bit. We got this one, I got the universe. I got the we got all the accruture sense, you know what I'm saying? Yes, sense. So, so uh shoot. Tune in. 
Once again, our email is ibhmpodcast at gmail.com. Questions, comments, articles you want to hear us talk about, uh, go ahead and email us there. You can find us on the web at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Tumblr, Podomatic. Just add IBHM Podcast in an appropriate spot. Subscribe to our show on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google, plus motherfucking YouTube, all that. Just search I'm Black, He's Mexican. If you don't feel like doing all of that, just head over to the website, ibhmpodcast.com, and find all of the links there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Please, again, I, I want to talk shit. I want to fight. I want to internet bang. Bang it. Bang on them. So, uh, once again, I'm black. He's Mexican. And if you don't like this podcast, you must be racist. Yeah, racist motherfucker. Whoa. Peace. Take it easy. Yeah. Came a long way from them days of puff paint tees. But any means did my thing, pursued my dream. Creative at heart, never understood what it meant to play my part or stay in my lane. My brain don't comprehend such things as pure fallacy. Cause anything I wanna see is coming after me. Attracted by nature, opposite a hater, the people savior, comedic teacher preaching through your speaker. Started at the bottom cause we built this shit. They fucked us, no condom, still standing, no problem. Uncommon told me kill this shit. Real life, word sharp as a knife. They brainwash you with Christ. Nice. Fuck happened, how we off our square. Why you ain't love your skin? Why you ain't like your hair? You God, not one I'm talking is that. So fight for what's right, demand your motherfucking rib back. The Bible full of bullshit too. Ask Karu, over six civilizations, use a 25th too, you biter. Matrix rewriter, walking in that tightrope and falling to a pit of your own fire where your little red devil be. Twisted pygmy history to fit your agenda. Definition of mind bender. Seeing through your pretenders I stopped being focused on the TV Picked up a book Took a chance to make a CD No room for the hook Time no need to say, let's keep it real. Still sharpens itself, so that's the deal. No percent off, no clearance, fucking interference. All these distractions is America's reaction to cover they overtaxing. Testing the waters, turn our sons into daughters of facts in. Feminization spread past the black nation, they fuck up the whole game, cause it ran out of patience. Docs in, syringe ain't filled with penicillin. You overdose on permission before you get in. Yes, master, what's the definition of a sellout if your people didn't seem to buy in faster? Get the hell out. Sorry, I don't believe you, pastor. Whole religion thing remind me of a telephone game with actors and role players. They tell me you can't make it on your own player. You need a messiah. Put your feet to the fire. Fucking liars. I'd rather speak on Kimmick while y'all obsessed with gimmicks. Illuminati fucked up our image. My nigga, you gon' get this work. Get knowledge first instead of try to hide in church How the same book that slave us in to be the one that save us It never added up or made sense they try to play us Back against the wall, fit or fight, we take flight Nike Air's got the same logo as them squares They got us all in check, yeah